This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries, official sponsor of Faction 46 and Nice Motorsports Truck Series teams. Forney offers versatile welding and plasma cutting machines, along with a full line of metalworking accessories for beginners, do-it-yourselfers, and professionals. Forney has everything you need for your next metalworking project. Shop for these top-of-the-line products at ForneyIND.com, that's F-O-R-N-E-Y-I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Before history is written, Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Guys, it's your boy David Gilliam, aka Black Flags. We're home. Read that comment again, Eric. What did he say? I was laughing during the intro at the comment from Spencer. It says nine out of ten dentists agree that Austin Cindric is bad. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Wow. Oh man, that caught our attention. But what's going on, guys? It's your boy David Gilliam, aka Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, Danny B. Talks is not with us tonight. Uh, isn't he out fishing? 
uh, I believe. He's on a lake yeah. somewhere. Yeah, Hopefully he's on he, some uh, lake. You, you know, Danny. he catches something big. You know, you know, Danny B in his lakes, and he, you, you can't keep him <laughs> off of him. Though. He loves them. <laughs> but anyways, filling his place tonight, we have the one and only JP Laps. How's it going, man? <laughs> It's going well. Somebody says I don't quite look like Danny B, but uh, I'll do my best to fill his spot tonight. Yeah, yeah, you'll do your best tonight, that's for sure. But yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, I know I told you this before the show, but your NR2003 videos for uh, for the IndyCar series really got me more into NR2003 and, and also just IndyCar in general. So I really appreciate it, man. Your content's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Anything I can do to get more folks into IndyCar, I guess, is... Uh... Yeah, what am I all about? Yeah, and there was certainly a lot of IndyCar this weekend. We will get to that in a moment. But first, the Coca-Cola 600, a really quick race recap. Uh, Eric, why don't you start us off here? Uh, there is a lot there, a lot to unpack here right from nah, some of I the wasn't races. Like- well, no, I mean, I mean, like, you know, a combination of, like, you know, some of the stuff that happened on the track, broadcast, and stuff. There, there was sure, a we'll, It was a very we'll polarizing race. We'll get to a race. lot of it. Yeah, I mean, as far as what happened on the racetrack, it was a pretty straightforward race. You know, mile and a half track, four stages, 100 laps each. Kyle Larson swept them all. I, I, I don't remember. I know at least a few of us last week, I think even our guests picked Kyle Larson to win. So it was not a shock to see Hendrick Motorsports fast once again. Chase Elliott second. Uh, was a, uh, Kyle Busch third was the only one breaking up the top five of Hendrick Motorsports cars. I mean, the team's on a freaking roll. They, yeah. they broke Petty Enterprises' record. They are now the winningest team in NASCAR. 269. Nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, and they did in commanding fashion. Kyle Larson's team has consistently been the fastest team pretty much at every track this year, but especially the intermediate tracks, and they proved it once again. So um, aside from that, I mean, had a couple cautions for incidents. Uh, I think Newman blew a tire. There's, uh, you know, the, the Ganassi cars had engine issues, which was interesting. They both seem to have the exact same issue. So uh, you don't see engine issues that often these days in NASCAR, and you saw two early in the Coke 600. But aside from that, really, I mean, Hendrick Motorsports stole the show top to bottom. Oh, by the way, guys, Super Chats will be read at the top of the hour. Jarrett, go ahead. Uh, I don't think there's really too much to add to that. I, I'll say what really caught my my ears during the uh, the post-race pressers was some. I, I think someone asked Rick Hendrick like if Kyle Larson reminded him of one of his older drivers or something like that. And without hesitation, he immediately goes, Tim Richmond, like that. That's, I mean, it was a like lot. that's a lot to unpack. It, it's because it feels like off the track, their personalities couldn't be much different. If oh yeah, be, oh yeah, more different. You know, yeah. So, so that caught my ear. I just, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think that maybe a year and a half ago, we're sitting here talking about like Hendrick being basically where Ganassi is right now, um, and and now you see what they've done so far this year in the span of a not even a month actually. Uh, they've had two arguably historic wins a one, two, three, four finish. And then a few weeks later they have, you know, what could have been again, a one, two, three, four finish. Uh, So they definitely right now have, I think the most speed out of anyone in the field overall. What I'm going to be really curious about is if they keep that up going into the second half of the season and into the playoffs. Um, There's been plenty of times before me as a junior fan, I know this so, so well, uh, but there's been other times with Jeff Gordon and even with Jimmy Johnson, where they're fast at the start of the year or the first two thirds of the year. And and then the rest of the field catches up towards the end. 2012 immediately comes to my mind there. They were collectively quite fast, like all four teams. uh, But by the end of the year, teams like Penske and Roush were definitely better than them. 
uh, as a whole. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm more curious about. Like there wasn't much to talk about with this race, but I think like what this race does is open up sort of more questions and answers when it comes to, to how Hendrick will be going later into the season. We know they have speed now. That's just, I, I, it's always in the back of my mind because there's been so many times as a junior fan, I've seen this story play out in a much different way than I would like. So I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid just yet, but I am starting to get closer to it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Eric just said, K, uh, KFB was the only driver to break up uh, potentially a second straight one, two, three, four finish. I mean, to do that, you know, week in and week out, I'm like, mm, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. There's, Probably going to be some some sort of fall off, but probably not as much as where um, some are anticipating. Probably, but Jake, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's the Coke Six Hundred, right? So yeah. if it was gripping for five hours, I'm not sure anybody could uh, could take that <laughs> the whole time <laughs> yelling at your TV. So I mean, it's it's a long race. I'm interested in what you all think about how they do the stages there. I think it's kind of weird that it's four 100 lap. I mean, it takes out mm-hmm. any strategy. Yeah, right? yeah, There's... exactly. That's my point. Yeah, that was always my point to that. I, I kind of get why they do it, but then also it's like you just said too. It's like, well, but what about the racing? It's like, okay, yeah. well, there's going to be a caution every hundred laps, so then there's no sort of fuel strategy there. You know what I mean? So I get that. It has yeah. taken away like uh, fuel strategy wins, perhaps at some of these tracks. I, I, yeah. I wish put them up a little bit mm-hmm. differently, at least. Like I'm cool with having an extra stage added in, but I do think that like maybe having the last one be a little longer might be uh, a better option to do with it. Because I think I think if you had like a shorter one at the start, I think it could keep those viewers that watch the start of the race invested longer. Uh, that's just an option, maybe. Yeah, it might be interesting to do like sixty, you know, double that, double that, have a quick one at the end or something to uh, spice it up. I don't know. I know they always go long at the end, but yeah, thank God for Kyle Busch, I guess, to uh, break things up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I think you all reviewed the race pretty well, right? It was not a whole lot going on yeah. for it, um, but it's the Coke Six Hundred. It's you know, it's a really long race. I don't think you can expect it to be this nail biter the uh, whole time. No, yeah, it I, usually I, isn't. And I, and I want to ask you guys, this is something I talked about on the Lifetime and NASCAR podcast last week with Ben White, who's been watching Coke 600 since the 70s and 80s, Ooh. you know, and like, how has the the Coke 600 changed? It's no longer really a battle of attrition in the sense that the cars fail, the pieces fail. Like, I know we did see both Ganassi guys have engine issues, but uh, even in that case, Chastain's wasn't even terminal. But, you know, that's not common. And driver fitness is way stronger, way better than it was years ago. So, like, what is what what does make the coke 600 charming these days because if you're just telling me it's a longer race you know i I don't think that in itself is charming enough so i just wonder what did you guys watch the race for that kind of stood out to you is there still a fitness element to it is it just the fact that it is longer the changing temperatures changing sunlight like what what makes it i still think there's some sort of fitness aspect to it i mean it is the longest race of the season i mean we know how physically you know how grueling you know driving these race cars can be sometimes you know um can i'm it can put a lot of wear and tear on a driver just going, you know, 400, 500 miles, but, you know, at that extra hundred and it's like, you know, a different level, you know, a, a much different element um, in that regard. Um, but uh, clearly it's not to the levels that it was, you know, in the seventies where, you know, their guys had to, you know, like barely any power steering and stuff like that. So I felt like, yeah, you know, back then it was more physically uh, uh, demanding on the drivers. Um, and like you said, I mean, some of these cars, it's, uh, I mean, they last a lot, um, a lot longer nowadays too, pretty much. So I, I, I guess like the only, uh, appealing aspect of the race, in my opinion, 
is really just the tradition. It's been around for years. I mean, Charlotte, North Carolina is the home of NASCAR and stuff like that. So they've always had that race. So I feel like, you know, you took one race away from the uh, from the uh, the, uh, the regular Charlotte Oval, you know, uh, the Roval now it's called. Uh, so I feel like if, if you're going to keep one oval race, at least keep the Coca-Cola 600. So I got raked across the coals last week on both Twitter and Reddit for this. I, I basically had this conversation more bluntly on my channel. Um, but I, I think it's, again, that this race in a lot of ways is lost. It's a luster with fans. I mean, everyone says they look forward to it, but then afterwards the whole conversation. Yeah, they usually hate it. Yeah. Boring it. Yeah. Um, and personally, I don't think this was the worst 600 by any means. Like people keep saying it was. I'm like, no. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't great, but it was definitely better than a lot of them have been uh, in the previous 10 years. But I, I think maybe a way to, to make it more appealing is make this be, if, if you're going to have more stages, make this race still be about strategy in a way. Maybe do this race to test out not having cautions thrown for the stages maybe uh or if you do have it for that the one at halftime when they do the the uh moment of silence maybe it's something like that <laughs> yeah that's basically what it is i yeah. mean it really um go on nascar twitter when that was happening you see a ton of debates happening there i i avoided it <laughs> but i i think that could be an option um but it, it's just the race is kind of in a way it, you can't really evolve this race because if you make it like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you shorten the race, then it takes away the allure of it being the longest race of the year. Um, it just becomes another mile and a half. Yeah. It becomes yeah. No different than race. Kansas or Texas or mm -hmm. yeah. So I, it, it's really hard how to make this one really good again, aside from just making the racing better. Um, you know, 2019, for instance, everyone brought that up, uh, talking to me about, you know, when I was saying that I really didn't like the 600 2019 is like an outlier where the whole race was good. Everything lined up perfectly. It, yeah. It was competitive. You had a four wide pass for the win. I mean, <laughs> it was nuts. You know, there's, there's plenty of stuff you can talk about with it. So it, that's like the million dollar question. I think, man, like I, I honestly think that whoever can figure out how to make this race more appealing to, to people watching at home. Cause I hear a lot of people who go to the race and I, I, I hear the at track experience is astounding. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt about that, but for the other 99.9% .9 of the people watching, we're watching at home. I think the only way in the short term you can make this race better is if you make the broadcast better. <laughs> oh, well, that's a perfect segue as a matter of fact, the, <laughs> the broadcast. That was all <laughs> What, Eric, please. What is Fox doing here, man? Where are they uh, you open up a whole can of worms. So I, I think I, I don't think I was the only one, but I was I think I was one of the loudest during the race and not so much during, but a little bit during, but mostly immediately after the race that just, you know, this was one of the if not the shortest Coca-Cola 600s ever. It was I think clocked in at just under four hours long, but mm -hmm. it still in many ways felt as long or longer than your average Coke 600. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with how Fox, especially the last four or five years, has kind of chosen tonally to cover NASCAR. We've all mentioned this. We've all kind of discussed it in passing. But, you know, I did a whole video on this this week. I know a lot of us have talked about it on Twitter and in our own videos this week because I guess it just kind of feels like it's all come to a head all of a sudden mm -hmm. where, you know, it finally – 
it's just too much. I think, I think it's, it's too tonally casual. It's too, too much like a Sunday drive. Like you're hanging out with the boys. Yeah, it's and like... I think that, and I think there's just, you know, I think watching it back to back with the Indy 500 where NBC put that race on start to finish without a hitch pre-race ceremonies, every cut was perfect. It was almost like it was pre-edited, pre-recorded because they cut from one thing to the next. Every person's microphone work, which didn't work with the Fox broadcast. Every cut made sense, which the Fox pre-race was an absolute mess. You know, it, it just, to go from that and then the race where every pass for position, every moment, Connor Daly takes the lead on lap like 12. Crowd's going crazy. The broadcast, this is huge. Connor Daly, yeah. the hometown kid, this is a huge moment for him. You know, Ross Chastain blows up on lap 15 after qualifying in the top 10. Or I think I think Chastain might have his hood up, and uh, okay, the, uh, restart. Jeff Chastain, Gordon, by dude, the way, dude, went to the garage. Just Jeff it's Gordon's like, commentating just is not so, improved. Well, I, I'll be no, honest. I thought Mike Joy was was Mike Joy was boring. Clint Boyer was boring. Jeff Gordon was boring. It was yeah. just boring. I, I think they didn't. You know, some people like the very casual tone. Other people prefer them to get more amped up in I'm the moment. Like, oh, he wrecked! Whoa, that's exciting. Well, but, here's so. here's what I kind of see with it too. Is I I feel like. We've seen what the broadcasting should be. I feel like NBC's portion of the year would fit better, like with how they broadcast NASCAR would fit better at the start of the year. And the way that NBC broadcasts the Indy 500 would fit better for NASCAR at the end of the year as it gets more serious. I will say there is one piece of just complete, you know, different ends of, of, of the tonal scale when it comes to these races, especially the Coke 600, the 600 in particular is every year. Mike joy gives off this speech and it's really good usually, but it always talks about the most solemn holiday, the most solemn holiday in, in America and, and all solemn. And then there's Clint Boyer, by the way, did you see what I did on the pre-race show today? Win <laughs> my, my RV, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, it's like we're sitting here having this really awesome pre-race show, like oh, paying respect to the troops, doing all of these <laughs> very serious things. Yeah, and there's the boy. <laughs> Win my money, man! No, I don't want him to. Jeff, who can yell? Who can yell louder? No, I can. I it's like know. it's like it's like that skit from Family Guy when they cut away and show Gary Busey talking to himself. That's what the Fox broadcast has turned into for me. And it's like, it was good at the start of the year. And I think it's because it was refreshing, like just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. But it, it's gotten old. It's gotten mm -hmm. stale. It, it feels, and I hate to say this because I can't stand the Pro Invitational series. It feels like a Pro Invitational series is seeping into the broadcast. Mm. And it feels like... And it feels like they're not even at the track. I know they are now, but it still feels like they're watching it from their monitors at home in their offices like we are. They don't. It doesn't feel like we've all been in the grandstands. When you see a wreck or you see a pass happen in front of you, feel the rumble. Like I'm sure in the booth, they still feel the rumble of the cars coming by. That's a special feeling. You can just sense the intensity when you're there. So you're saying they might have lost they, a little bit of touch. They don't translate that over the call at all. It sounds like the way I would be calling the race from my couch rather than if I was in the grandstands where if somebody makes a pass, I'm whoa. Yeah. Over the I, I, I always get this feeling I, I've made a comment recently I think on Brock Brock Beard's Twitter or something he said about how I feel like I'm watching the race through the broadcast like I have to I have to try to get, peel this broadcast away to find the race oh. um, and, it, and it feels like they've chosen for some reason that NASCAR is going to be more of like a show right where there's segments and there's different bits they're going to do and it almost feels like they get interrupted by the race sometimes yeah. they're like oh we were going to go to this bit that that Clint was going to do there's but there's a race going there was on, a wreck so I gotta we gotta talk about that for a second and it's 
I, it's a conscious choice. I think there's there's definitely no you know somebody's telling I think Gordon and Clinton and everybody to do this. I wish they wouldn't. I feel like you could rope new people in more by really describing what's going on on the track and having you know really cluing everybody into all the stuff that maybe we can't see at home, right? Um, so it's frustrating, you know, for myself to see that. See, thank goodness for IndyCar and F1 broadcast because they, they yeah. those broadcasts well, are showing me what real racing broadcast should be like. Yeah, well, they're more in my opinion. Oh, go ahead, Eric. I, I, I'm sorry. I was just kind of piggybacking. This is more informative, and and uh, I lost my train of thought, unfortunately. So you continue. I, I will get oh, back. I derailed you. I derailed you. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, like, in my opinion, I love the F1 style of broadcast, but I'm a hardcore racing fan, and I, I you know, I do lots of sim racing. I love racing, and so I'm in there. Like, I want to know the weeds. I want to know the different adjustments and tire compounds and all this. I can, I can understand why the layman or somebody that just likes watching, you know, a race wants to know more about the personality. So I think there's definitely a middle ground. I feel like we're so far on the like spectacle yeah. side of things yeah. that uh, bringing a little more back to the sport and. Um, you know, just telling everybody what's going on in the race rather than maybe trying to make a, a show out of it would be would be better. But and and that's kind of what I was going to say. Actually, I just it just hit me again. Was somebody left a comment on one of my videos where they talked about how they're a newer racing fan. I think they said they're from the UK, maybe, and they've been watching NASCAR this year. And they find that compared to what they're used to watching, especially with Formula One, is there's very little information on the broadcast mm-hmm. that helps introduce new fans to the basic technical stuff. You know, lingo that's used in NASCAR, like loose tight, isn't the same as understeer, oversteer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's like little basic things like that, and of course things like tires. When they talk about a softer tire yeah. versus a harder tire, they don't talk about that much. It, they don't really go into detail on Fox, but I was going to say, I was going to give Gordon and Boyer some credit. Occasionally they'll sort of kind of get away from the show and they will talk about how the drivers are feeling in the car, what that sensation feels like. And because both have raced in just the last couple of years, their descriptions are usually pretty dead on towards the end of his time. I think Daryl Waltrip in the booth had no ability to translate what was happening in the car. He was just there to give out his Daryl Waltrip isms. And sometimes they were good. Sometimes they weren't. The last thing I was going to say before, I also want to talk about commercials because I think that's a whole nother half of this issue that I think, you know, NASCAR and networks hopefully need to adjust. But, um, the dang, I keep losing my train of thought. What was I saying? Well, it was the never mind. Go, go on. I already lost. It. I'll come back. I do have a I have a point about about commercials, and I brought it up before. And I think like you know we've all been watching for more than four or five years, so we know what it was like before. You know this. I think before Fox started, because I think it was like 2015, 16. Fox really started to go a little bit more downhill, um, but. The one thing about commercials and constantly shoving ads in people's faces is like people get sick of that stuff. Mm -hmm. They get sick of constantly having commercials, constantly having this. Like I remember, I think in 2016 and so and 17 or no, it was 17 because it was his last year. They're like, now the nationwide insurance Dale Jr. report. It's like it was like every week, and it's like that's like Matt Yoakum pushing Monster Energy. It's like yeah, yeah, and it's like Matt Yoakum's like he's still running 27th, Mike, (laughs) and it's like. No, like nobody coming in is gonna be like, oh, that's cool. I want to watch this driver who's, you know, yeah, they have no clue running in the on. back. Um, what I think they should do, and I noticed that Alan Bestwick is amazing with this, and Mike Joy, he's still awesome, but I, I don't think he doesn't do this as much. And I think it's because he's, <clears throat> you know, the, the booth is being told to be more of a show here. Is the, the broadcast has to like write a story almost. You have to write out the story coming out, you know, tell a story that's, that's unfolding in front of you. Um, it's why when, when we listen to the radio 
uh, broadcasts of it, for instance, they're so animated, they're so into it, and it fits because they're trying to paint a picture. And I, I, I think that there's been a balance lost between the broadcasters painting a picture, like, like showing like what it's like in the car or, or, or talking about the background of a driver as much. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of went by the wayside on both NBC and Fox over the past couple of years. I don't think NBC has had it since they've come back, but uh, Fox has lost that. Uh, I, I think if, if like they can get back to more of that kind of roots of broadcasting, I, I think that you really can start seeing more investment at least uh, for, for lack of a better term. Like I, that, that's my take. I've, I've thought that for a while now. Well, to go and shift the conversation more towards commercials, and I remember the thing I was going to say was just a stupid point that I think the shift the when the Fox Fox kind of decisively said what what direction it would go and was with the Daytona Day ads in 2016 and oh. 2017. I think that was the start of it. Yeah, I think it was the clear tra- that was the clear transformation. Anyway, I think they need to transform away from that. I think we all kind of agree on that a little bit. I liked what you said though, Jake, is that it, there it, there it, there's room for the lighthearted, humorous, like personality character moments, but there needs to be more room for racing info what yeah, are the it's a sport this is a sport yeah. right yeah i want to yeah. know about the sport part i think i think there is this like dumbing down attitude that uh somebody new is watching we don't want to bore them with technical details but i'm sure the group on the on on this call here and, and probably half the chat is you know that would rope them in right i want to yeah. i want to hear these technical things that i don't know and then i want to learn about them um that was you know at least at least in a nutshell basically for me <laughs> right i was like right. we were talk, talking about all of this stuff and i'm like i have no no idea what any of this stuff is but yeah. hey, i'll just keep you know well I'll and, learn. And, and you don't i don't think like and that's the thing you don't have to dumb it down for people yeah either. right like that's the thing it. yeah just explain you know the way it is and if they learn they learn then great yeah. there, there's so many ways that people can learn outside of the broadcast uh depending on how they're watching so for instance i got into football and nascar around the same time i was i think six seven years old when i got into both nascar i learned a lot from my grandfather you know, he like I'd be like, what do they mean by it? Because they didn't explain it as much when I got into it. So I'd be like, what do they mean by it's loose or it's tight? And he'd explain to me, you know, with hand showing how you know in the corner yeah, they are, or like, or like, like you know, uh, asking Get the about- Tom Cruise sugar packets out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's stuff like that. You know, you can learn either from someone who knows it showing you. Or you can just learn from watching it. If you start getting invested, but you don't know everything going on. And that's how, for instance, I got with football. Like I'm, when I was six years old, I didn't know what the hell is zone defense or man to man was. I, had I to still learn don't. It. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn that. Neither does Kirk watched. Cousins. He doesn't know that stuff either. <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't know a lot of stuff. Um, he doesn't know how to get past the divisional round. Uh, but, but hey, I'm a Vikings fan. We, we, we usually wait till the championship game to choke. But anyway, um, but I learned that through watching and through seeing it playing out on screen. You know, I didn't have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman explaining to me why Randy Moss just torched Al Harris. Uh, I, I had to learn that through watching. And I think that's that's something that the broadcast has to trust the fan and new viewers at home is that they're a lot smarter than they get credit for. You know, like yeah. people, like people always like, oh, the average person is dumb, but like the average person picks up on stuff pretty quickly. And I, I think that if, if the broadcast trusts that and trusts to take it more seriously, I think that you'll see better returns from it. 
Yeah. It's a little bit of a long game, short game thing. I'm sure you immediately attract more people if you're flashy and have all this stuff going on, but they're not going to stick around. Uh, you know, I, I think if you rope them in because you're teaching them the nuance of things. Um, on, on the subject of commercials, I think my main gripe, you know, with, with how many commercials there are in in motorsports specifically in the U.S. is that showing something on a replay does not count the same as showing something live, right? The, I actually watched all the race highlights before this today just to make sure I remembered what happened. And the amount of things that they showed in those that they had no commentary for because they happened during a commercial is is crazy. I mean, like half of the incidents and passes and things that they show in the highlight reel, they have no live commentary for because it happened you know, while we were away. And it's not the same if you see it in a commercial. So that pass, that pit stop, that crash that happens that defines a race, if that doesn't happen live, that's just a missed opportunity. You know, showing it in a uh, replay is not not going to cover it, and and that's a huge issue with um, with how many commercials there are. I think and that's what I was getting at is comparing watching the the IndyCar Indy 500 broadcast, which was virtually commercial free. I mean, yes, they had commercials, but it was side by side. Anytime they were racing under green, it was a side by side commercial break. They only yeah. did a few full screen commercials during yellow flag period, so you're not missing any action. To go from that to, I get it, it's a it's a main Fox network, and anytime the race is on network, they are more commercials than when it's on cable. I get it, but it was there was five commercial breaks, full screen commercial breaks over green flag racing in the first stage alone. Mm -hmm. That's going to cause people to tune out. I, I just look at, you know, I know formula one's audience in the U S is still, you know, very small compared to NASCAR's, but it is growing. It's the only motorsport audience in America. That's clearly growing the last few yeah. years. And I think a large part of that is because ESPN broadcasts the race is commercial free. I mean, part of that's because they pay no licensing or there are no uh, rights fees. Whereas Fox and NBC are paying combined, like, you know, a, yeah, almost a ESPN, they a just like plug and so play it from. Stanford. I understand it's a business and the networks have to make their money and that the networks, the money that they pay for the rights basically funds everything in NASCAR. A lot of it goes to the teams, tracks, et cetera. So I understand that we're venting about something that is a huge problem. I think the amount of commercials that many big NASCAR races have is turning off even casual fans. We've been talking about how do you attract hardcore fans? This is going to hurt attracting casual fans. So you yeah. really can't win here. Well, but I understand that there's not a lot they can do. You know, I miss the companion things like NASCAR race view that they got rid of a couple of years ago. You know, I know they have like things on NASCAR.com. They have live video feed where you have to sit through more commercials to watch and they're not always up to date. They're always like five laps behind. You got the live leaderboards. You can pay a couple bucks a month for the scanner. Like that's all there and that's all good. But man, and race view or that, that that's tough to beat and I, I talked about in my video this week i didn't know a whole lot about it i did some research because i don't watch formula One. i don't follow it that closely but i know there's like f1 tv pro and you might know more about this jake i know i asked darian a little bit about it and he's loosely familiar with it but you know that's a kind of basically a streaming service for formula one right that doesn't have a huge audience right now it doesn't have a ton of subscribers because you can still watch most of the races commercial free in the united states but you know there's a lot of exclusive content there and you know i wonder if something like that could pave the way for nascar and the you know nearish future five ten years maybe go a similar route and maybe there does become an option for fans to watch you know mostly commercial free races if they're willing yeah. to pay eighty dollars a year or whatever formula one tv costs yeah the uh f1 tv stuff i mean because you can get the broadcast live here it's not um you don't really need it to watch the races i i subscribe to it actually because they have all the archived races on there but be yeah. careful what you wish for because they don't allow those anywhere else now nor clips or anything of mm, them so yeah. be careful with that wish um but yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how you do it i think nascar and and auto racing in the u.s might be the only sport that you can't watch the whole live action right like uh, baseball, hockey, football, they all pause a lot. And so you can mm -hmm. do a commercial and you don't miss any action. And so this is really the only sport that you, you miss something, 
And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a side by side thing is something you still miss the call. It still takes you out of, you know, the action. Sure. You got to really watch that little box to see what's going on, but certainly better than a full screen. Yeah, well, and I, I think my last point here is right now we're kind of stuck in the box of the way the contract was uh, negotiated back in 2012. I mean, it was, this, this contract was negotiated under the mindset of 10 years ago. And we have a broadcast that 10 years ago did fit uh, what fans of sports were used to. Um, and I think the only ways that you can really fix it right now, uh, and this is why I think fans for the next you know, three years, we're probably just going to have to buck up and deal with it, is by adding them into the broadcast more and just corporatizing, sponsoring different parts of it more. Um, the part that I always get to... And granted, it works because everyone continuously parrots it, no matter what the situation. Uh, but the one I hate is that we've pretty much sponsored the most crucial part of the race and being like the one to go or something sponsored by Credit One Bank. There are going to be calls like people are going to look back 15 years from oh. now on on these amazing moments. And they're going to be like, you know, like going back to 2018 Chicago. They're going to look at that one and, and see. Kyle Larson running down Kyle Bush, and it's going to be like, Kyle Bush takes the white flag presented by Credit One Bank. They're going in the corner now. It's like, it, compl- I, it for me, it even takes me, a hardcore fan, kind of out of the action to be like, wait, we have to have our plug right now. Like, this is this is the equivalent of, you know. This walk-off home run presented by yeah, Bud Light. Yeah, it's like Javi Baez Grand Slam presented by Binnie's. Or it's like, like it's, it's back, back, back presented by Budweiser and it's gone. This three-pointer presented by Nike. Yeah, and and so that's like I think that's the only way that you fix having more commercial breaks is you just make it part of the broadcast more. And I think that's an even worse way to go about it. I missed the quick word from Duracell ads. Yeah. I like some of those in the middle of like, you know, stage two. It's just, just now a quick yeah. word for, and now we're back. And uh, how to go this is Duracell. Hey, they were memorable. I, that's all I I'm think, saying. Yeah, solid yeah. marketing. Yeah, I are. think maybe another option that could incorporate it into it while still at least being able to see the action is have sponsors um, basically side by side presented by and just sell it to every sponsor. That's the only way I think you can do it is, is to go to each individual sponsor each week, all 40 to 60 or a hundred of them and be like, Hey, will you sponsor the commercial breaks? Like, I don't know, but I, I think that we're, we're kind of in a box right now, just where we're at with the current deal. Yeah, no, I, I think it's all about looking two, three, four years. You're right. The next deal, whether it's a CBS, whether Fox or NBC renews, whether a disruptor like Amazon somehow gets some form of the rights, you know, whatever the case may be, I just want these things to be things that NASCAR's thinking about. I think you can't have, as Jake alluded to, you know, half the highlights of a of a major race happening during commercials. Like you, you can have some. I understand it pays the bills. Not everything like, though. Like the, the fact that these two guys are becoming more recognizable <laughs> than almost the entire NASCAR <laughs> that driver lineup. That's a problem. I was Liberty, 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 Just to, Liberty. Like, put yourself there for a second and imagine like Dale Earnhardt's pass in the grass. Imagine if that was like a, hey, we're back from commercial. Look at this thing Dale Earnhardt just did. He passed <laughs> in the grass. That was cool. All right, now we're back to the live action. That's that would point. That would hit very oh, differently, right? Would, yeah, that wouldn't be as memorable. Or like, oh, hey, look, there was just a fight on the back straightaway a few minutes ago at the end of the Daytona 500. (laughs) That's cool. That would be. Got to catch some of these things live, Fox. Got to catch some of them, right? 
I, you might be able to load up one half of the like the broadcast with more commercials, but that's just gonna. They do that with like side more. by side. You notice the second half of the race is a lot more side by side because they understand. Yeah. At least they do. They're aware enough to know that people are going to be wanting to see more of the action late in the race. It gets more important. So they are aware. It's just, I, I think this week was bad because it's a network race. They always jam more commercials into races that aren't on cable. But it just, I just think seeing it back to back, that Indy car race, everything about it, the racing was fun. We haven't. We're about to talk about it in a few moments, mm-hmm. but the broadcast was great. To go from that to the Fox one, it just it. it it, it did not feel they did not feel comparable and that just raised a lot of questions i think with a lot of fans but yeah, it, it definitely anyway. hit different that's for sure but uh really quick xfinity and trucks um i mean reviews i mean ty gibbs wins beats austin cendrick and xfinity trucks john hunter nemechek once again just having a superb season so yeah i guess not much third to really win talk for about nemechek there. this year well, yeah yeah well, the third one. Oh, here's yeah. one thing uh Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the um in the truck race there was that massive accident. I was about to say with, that. Yeah, I was about to okay. say that. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that was I don't know what happened there. I think everybody's asking the same question, right? Like where was race and, and, controllers? And guess what? And guess what? Fox missed it again. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They came in late. They definitely yeah, they like, came in late. But fire. <laughs> I think I think honestly that truck because it was that dark blue color, you, they couldn't see it where it yeah. was um and it was nighttime and it was kind of matching the pavement but scary stuff i mean that mm-hmm. uh, you know coming from open wheel racing that that's those oh, no, that's bad scary. airplane crash yeah. type accidents that you don't want to see when see? stuff like that and even even in the truck johnny sodder's truck was like demolished mm-hmm. i haven't seen a truck Passenger like that in a long time well yeah i feel like if that happens on driver's side he's not getting out of that car without help or that truck without help yeah. and that's what's scary to me and and what 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 else is really scary to me is so I want to preface this. I know there's inherent danger with racing. I think anyone who's watched racing for a little longer than a couple of weeks knows this. Racing's dangerous? What? But but what just baffles me is how many people are willing to make excuses for what is really race control's fault uh, for putting drivers in, in needless Danger. He was up top for how long? Like what? Like multiple? Yeah. Like I was listening to three seconds. someone's yeah. radio, and it was like uh, I don't remember who it was exactly, but it was like, oh, there's a slow car up high here in turn four. Just stay low. And I was like, okay, keep staying low. Stay. The car is still high. Stay low. Oh, back yeah. it down. Back it down. They're wrecking. Wrecking. And it was like a <laughs> six or eight second ordeal. It was like, mm-hmm. like really no caution for and, that amount of time. Nuts. And so many people are like, well, NASCAR said that the, their their spotters were watching the the truck on on pit road, and I'm like were there two people like if is is yeah. that all race control is or is there not enough people out there spotting because if so i think i think I volunteer Send yeah. me up in the yeah. suite i'll watch <laughs> i i will seriously volunteer I, I i remember one year and i will still take credit for this happening i think it was 2017 or 18 where i put on on or no i think it was 19 i put on twitter like hey there's debris in turn four and i put a picture of it and within like two minutes cautions out for debris i'm like yeah, yeah. I, I can do it i'll, I'll do it free of pay i will do it free of pay i will just post it on hey, twitter don't give nascar any ideas yeah. yeah i think there was a uh speaking of where we're going next next week with sonoma i think there was a race in the early 90s where a car went off at sonoma and like went down a hill and they didn't see it for like multiple laps <laughs> yeah 
It sounds like I think I remember seeing something about that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, a little, a little different, but yeah, that was, was pretty scary. And I thought both races for the trucks in Xfinity were, Xfinity were kind of a mess, um, but they were really exciting. And I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about the how long, you know, what do they do about a 600-mile NASCAR race? Why would you want to watch that? I know for one, I wouldn't have minded if, if the Xfinity race went another 100 miles, right, with just how exciting that was. So I think yeah. that's how you fix it. You just make a more exciting race. I yeah, think, I think the Xfinity cars handle the best at mile and a half of any of the any of the three series right well, now. That's clear. Really quick, uh, before I'm I'm not going to read the super chat out completely, but I, I saw Brock Bearded put on on Twitter too, like like the comment had said, like he was very much just like full on like NASCAR, like they you screwed up yeah. here. The broadcast screwed up. There there's something just we have, and I think it's both a good thing and a bad thing. We haven't had that many horribly serious uh, moments that we've ha- had to have broadcast cover over the past couple of years of drivers being in danger, but they are so unprepared for it. I mean, they basically were just, uh, he's, I hope he's okay. It took them a minute. It took the, the safety crew a minute, over a minute to get to Sauter's truck. Oh yeah. Like, and then I, also I like think... Fox, they kept like panning to like his, his, his truck when like the window net wasn't coming down. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all can get away from it now. Cause I, don't know I, I think, I think it's the, both the broadcast. Cause I saw Brock's tweet where he thought maybe the, the officials are looking at feeds. Like they're basically only seeing what Fox sees. And I'm like, I hope that's not the case. Oh, that, I hope they actually have people looking at the yeah, track, but I, I, I think it's just, I, I you know, I, I think it's overall, but I've said this a lot this year, the truck series procedurally looks sloppy. It looks underfunded. It looks like they don't have enough safety trucks. It looks like they don't have enough cleaning crews because caution periods will last way too long. And now it looks like they don't have enough officials watching the damn track. <laughs> hey, to see we'll if they're volunteer to help out, man. Hey, give me a job of volunteers. Yeah, no. Right. Give me good, reliable Wi-Fi at the track and yeah. we can talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk some of that for sure. Really quick, just a little over 400 people watching, only 127 likes. Make sure to lick the like button, everybody. And now, moving on really quick to the ratings, the famous podcast ratings. I, I, I have a saying for that. There are ratings? Yeah. No, oh, I wish we were getting no. 4 million viewers. No, the <laughs> podcast ratings where we talk about... The NASCAR ratings, gotcha. basically. but the NASCAR, but the uh, uh, the TV ratings though, two point three rating with um, a little over four million people watching, down zero point one percent in terms of ratings. That's but, just a, a tenth of a point. Oh, take it, take it. Uh, that's what I get. That's what I get. It's down zero point one, but um, uh, uh, in ratings, and but they were up um just over a hundred thousand viewers, um, but thirty thousand less than twenty eighteen. So uh, what is this? It, good right it's good it's been okay it's been in that 3.9 million to 4.1 million range now for about four years in a row so i'd say like there's a couple ways to look at it i mean on one hand they probably should have been a little bit higher um but this is right around the range i think people thought that they would be in Someone's um, saying noon. Yeah, go up against the <laughs> 500. <laughs> not this week, y'all. Not this week. No, <laughs> this is like time. one of the few ones we don't have to do noon. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like it, it shows that NASCAR has stabilized, like especially over the past couple years. And after about twelve to fifteen years of complete stagnation and 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 a nice trip downwards. Uh, I still think flatlining is, is still relatively good, but at the same time, we got to start building on that soon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't think being happy with being the same can last too much longer post COVID because now everything's returned to normal. People are getting back to the routines a lot more. 
we're going to need to start seeing if the, a lot of these initiatives of, of getting more fans to watch start working. Um, so for now, positive, but if it's the same way next year, I'm not going to be as, as happy about yeah. it. Yeah, we need, to, we need some ratings increases. Let's go. Come on. But one thing that definitely increased was the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Jared, we have a new, new poll, poll record. Yeah. What was the record on this poll? <laughs> All right. So the previous record was 16.3 thousand votes uh we completely killed it uh we had 17.7 thousand votes holy crap it was pretty awesome uh so let me pull it up right here we had 15 percent of you thinking that this was a great race 40 percent of you said it was a good race 29 percent said it was average 10 percent said below average uh, and 6% of you said it was bad. So a net positivity of 55% mm. and a net negativity of 16%, meaning that positive-wise, it ranked uh, 65th out of 84 races all time, tying it with the Martinsville Fall Race of 2019, which wasn't the greatest one. Yeah. Um, it was damn spoilers at Martinsville, man. man damn it. And the uh, the 16% negative uh, ties it with the Atlanta race earlier this year. Uh, looking at Charlotte races under the pole, this one ranks fifth out of five, uh, nice. just just below the 2020 Coke 600. Okay. Uh, and then let me scroll down here. Uh, comparing it to the other mile and a half tracks, this one is 21st of 25, only over the 2019 Texas Fall Race, Ooh. 2021 <laughs> Spring Atlanta Race, uh, the finale it. in 2019, and the 2020 Atlanta Race. So. I still can't believe so many people hated the 2019 finale. Maybe because we were we just were there. there. No, we were there. But it's it yeah. like a if, decent no, race. If they watched it on TV, I, I they hated it. I remember the, like, the top three championship contenders were slicing for the lead back and forth. For, yeah, like, but the laps. final stage, like they were so spread apart, though. That's the yeah, thing. Well, right. It wasn't a dramatic finish, yeah, as usual. Well, let's get some of these uh, comments, which, by the way, if I look red, because I've seen a few people saying it or drinking a lot of water, it is currently, well, it's colder than it was when we started, uh, but it is currently 86 degrees in here. So no, it's actually like a dude. window unit or something. <laughs> now it's 108 outside. It just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> it's so anyway, hot. There's no reason to go outside, man. The top comment was from JJ Fan Seven Time saying Larson finally wins a race he dominated. Um, oh, yeah, Philip Richards, right. yeah, Philip Richards, a member of my channel, thank you very much, sir, said if the suits at Ford weren't already kicking themselves for not listening to Tony Stewart, oh. dot dot dot. Uh, and then MV Rounder, he rounds out the top three uh, for comments, says, we need to take a moment to realize that Austin Dillon, Chris Busher, and Tyler Reddick were in the top 10 for a good portion of this race. I uh, expected at this point. It's a new I era. It's a new era now. Uh, Danny Delivers says, stage one winner, Kyle Larson. Stage two winner, Kyle Larson. Stage three winner, Kyle Larson. Race winner, Kyle Larson. Hmm, I don't know about you. Uh all signs seem to point to very much Kyle Larson. Eight uh, playoff see. points in one night. Woo. And then he went won, won a World of Outlaws race less than 24 hours later. Oh, yeah, later. he did. Yeah, He's a freaking madman. Straight up racer, man. Just races whatever. Uh, let's Wins see what whatever. else we got. I'm going to scroll down just to make sure that... Uh, all right, TVP underscore 83 says, 2018, what's going on with Hendrick Motorsports? 2021, 
Who's going to stop Hendrick Motorsports? Yeah. LOL. Overall, decent race. Good battles throughout the field. We definitely need to shorten some of these races, except for big races like the 600. Yeah. yeah. See, he gets it. See, he gets it. There you go. Uh, Thomas Franco says, Fox be like, would you like some racing on a side, uh, uh, on the side of your commercials this evening? Yeah. It's like, Hey, why are the, why yes. is this, what is this racing doing? Interrupting our skit? Like, I want to win more RVs from Clint Boyer. Damn yeah. It. <laughs> We're trying to win Oscars for skits, not race presentation. <laughs> uh, CB 20, which I'm assuming from the 20 in the profile picture means Christopher Bell bad kyle larson won was that the first comment no okay <laughs> i can't wait to see the last comment though yeah this okay. is gonna be this is gonna be rough there's a long ass comment uh in two different languages both of which i can't read remember when we used to get song lyrics in our comments oh, yeah, section? those were the good old days it used yeah. to be our whole comment section was just song lyrics yeah. and like recipes for well, like biscuits I, I, I bet you it is now it's gonna be full of recipes and song nice <laughs> i need some new taco recipes hit, hit me with them next week y'all uh four and 14 fans said this race sucked in my opinion <laughs> Uh, and it goes on about the 550 package and the RWR cars going at a snail's pace really didn't help either. I saw Agreed. Josh Balicki's tweet, you know, talking about uh, it was Josh Balicki and actually a couple other people talking about how with this package, when you're off and you have to lift, like, cause a lot of guys barely are lifting, especially on fresh tires in, at Charlotte. If you have a car is so bad, you have to lift it all. And you're already slower just cause you're, you just He's are. In, look, he does not have the, equipment. In the water. He, he don't, he, he does not have the equipment capable of like, you know, trying to move out of the way fast. Enough. But I mean, it was Balicki and David fault. star, man. They were Labor. What was it? Was it Gordon or who said? Uh, how many sixty-six cars are out here? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was, that was a good that line. Good. See, I appreciate those good. lines. That, that was, was good. good. Uh, NASCAR Mobile forty-eight says Hendrick has taken over NASCAR. What's next, Mister H? Hendrick World Domination. <laughs> That's Marcus Lemonis. Yeah. It, oh yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. That's all right. <laughs> All right, we've reached our final comment. Negative. All three negative, of you. Negative. Okay, it's well, negative. Jake, the, whoever leaves the first comment on these threads is almost always trashing something or yeah. someone. So it's like a running bit at this point. It's gonna be. It's gonna be negative. So give your guess. Yeah. What do you think, Jake? Negative knowledge. Uh, probably negative. Knowing the internet, right? <laughs> all right. Brant Mickle says, "It sucks. No <laughs> crashes. It's trash." <laughs> Amd, because he can't spend spell. Amd, the winner sucks and is trash. Oh no! Let's see that one's not as profound as some of our other words. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a light. I love. Sometimes they tell a really good story. This one was just. (laughs) just I love the 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 comments. So Esky leaves cap, and then Tyler Wells leaves LMAO. It's a negative for this week. <laughs> LOL. So they already know. So they know. They scroll they down. down before we do. Yeah, they already know which one it is. Oh, funny. That's funny as hell. So, yeah, be, be sure to vote in the poll. Let's see if we can. I want to see if we can top uh, 18,000 before July, I think. Remember I, when, like, to... I remember the days when like 10K was like the new poll record. I remember those days. So, like, I remember the days where it was like the season. 1,000. <laughs> Wait, was it yeah. before the season? The 10K, the, the record? What was the record before the season started? Jerry? It was like nine something. I what? Think. Dude, I could have sworn you passed 10K sooner, but damn, I guess not. Time flies. We oh, got man. close, but nope. Oh, man, I got you. Man, making strides on the iceberg pole every day. Appreciate you showing us that. But now let's move on to the playoff overview. Now let's all three of us, um, um, or uh, uh, excuse me, I'll have the three of you take a guess 
How many points is Denny Hamlin well, good to go above the cut? Why, why would I guess? I'm the one who... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now. Never mind. So just Eric and, and Jay. Yeah. Well, I don't mean to break God. the fourth wall as usual, but I do have the uh, famous... Oh, you got it up too. Dang it. You guys saw it. You guys saw it. Dang it. Okay. I've got... I've got the... I, would have, I would have no idea. All right, so. Jay. Okay, Jay. See, I didn't, say, I didn't think Eric's seen it, but okay. All right, Jay. Go ahead. Looking right at it. Good. I, I would have no idea, honestly. I don't. The points championship is so confusing that I just kind of wait to see what it is, honestly. So well, if that's a, if that's a review from a, a semi casual NASCAR fan, so basically from an IndyCar fan, he's like, yeah, this point, I, I don't have time to review. I, it's completely understandable. Totally get it. No, but no. Basically, what happened was um, uh, Denny Hamlin is currently three hundred and eighteen points to the good in P twelve, the final playoff spot. Um, so. Pretty much, he already has that spot locked up. Uh, I think we're uh, rest assured. Unless we get five more winners, or yeah, six more, a few more winners. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'd have to get more winners and for somebody to pass him in yeah. points. Well, actually, that's right. The the regular season points winner, even if he doesn't win, still gets mm-hmm. locked in. So he would bump whoever the anyway. Yeah, go right. on. That's not gonna happen. So Kevin, go. <laughs> and then Kevin Harvick sits thirteenth, one hundred and fifty three points above the cut line. 14th and having a very solid season so far is Austin Dillon, 92 points above the cut line. 15th is Tyler Reddick, 61 points to the good. And finally, Chris Buescher is 55 points to the good uh, in 16th. Um, so the two closest so far uh, to 16th are both Matt DiBenedetto and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with both um, minus 55 and minus 62, uh, uh, excuse me, 62 points below the cut line apiece. Um I, I don't know. Unless, like, you know, um, uh, those guys uh, from 12th to 16th really mess up, then I would just... I, if there's a winner underneath... Yeah, if there's one winner. That's the only way, though. Could, that's the only it, way. It, it could happen. Six points. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think DiBenedetto and Stenhouse are the only two that could really, if it stays the way it is now, have points make a difference. I think once you get below, like, 60... 65 that's when it's like you're not you're not in the bubble anymore we're at that point in the season where it's like yeah you can't you gotta win though after after sonoma there's only gonna be 10 races left until then yeah until the playoffs so but there's some fast cars like beyond the i mean all three shr cars i know they've been off this year but it only takes one as we saw for cole custer last year um you know you look at bubba wallace in 2311 track houses led laps you just never know especially chastain's gotten better chastain's improved recently kurt bush is still out i think he's 19th or 20th right now watch he's out for still kurt bush. There. he's very confusing yeah. to me he's having a very confusing season some of these races he shines and then other times he just he disappears so I feel like a one win is in the books for him. Maybe. I don't know where, so, but that's yeah. the only thing that could blow up. Cause right now I love those final three in the standings in the top 16. I love mm-hmm. Austin Dillon, Tyler Egg, Chris Busher. I want, I want all three of them to make it in. I have a feeling something's going to happen. And one of them's going to miss out because it's always going to be one, but you know, I, I love what I'm seeing right now. I'll, I'll be real. I think of those three, the best one right now is Tyler Reddick. Dude, he had a, a horrible start to the season. You were thought, like, hey, what's going on? And then they he has been turned good. it around. Austin Dillon's been so consistent since he has more experience. I, I'd go, I'd lean his direction, but there are a lot of road courses coming up, and he's not good at <laughs> no, road courses. But by, by the way, uh, just want to keep this meme going a little bit. Denny Hamlin would have to, if it stays the same, would have to lose 29 points a race to Matt DiBenedetto <laughs> to lose it at this point. <laughs> just With how well. Uh, with how well Hendricks doing, I, I do want to see RCR 
you know, pick it up and maybe get a win. And they don't really have that excuse anymore that they had mm. the past couple of years where it's, oh, it's Chevy, right? It's Chevy. Like, clearly no. it's not Chevy it's now. Good. So yeah. it's time to time to get on it, guys. I think that is part of why they're both in the top 16 is they've combined all their engine uh, engine research in the last year. And so I think now Chevy and, and RCR have very similar engines, basically. Well, and it's really just everything else. And I think RCR is obviously still a peg below Hendrick, which is why they're finishing eighth instead of second and first. But they're but close you know, you know who has an alliance with RCR is Trackhouse. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a reason they're doing pretty good. I mean, well, just, for, for their standards, at least. Going for straight down the line, you can you can you like see how it's going. I want to say this. Well, I, I want to say this um, a little off topic here, but I, I watched or listened to a bit of, of the interview Dale Jr. did with Ty Norris. I think Ty Norris is a big reason why that team is also doing well from the start as well. He's shown he can run a team well when he's given the means to do so. He's so, been doing it for a long time, or he's done it before, mm-hmm. I guess. Just he's outside with, of that, you with know, DEI, one. Yeah. Well, with DEI, with MWR, like he he helped bring those teams up to prominence. Just outside of the, you know, 2013 Richmond, he was a very competent, you know. Prior. Yeah. <laughs> so I would. I, I, I guess we probably shouldn't be as surprised as we are with Trackhouse doing as well as they have. But, I mean, it's still – it is pretty amazing for a team to just start up basically and, and do this well. Um, th- th- they feel like one that just is waiting to get that win at some point just out of nowhere. And shout-out to Bubba Wallace, too. They had a pretty uh, – he was uh, yeah, running up there. Yeah, Bubs too. was in uh, – he's in the top ten for most of the race. Yeah. And it was like an honest top ten, too. So but I, they I made thought a that mistake. was encouraging. They made a mistake later yeah. on in the race, dropped all the way back to P15 or 14, unfortunately. So they just yeah. they just can't put a, a, a full race together, unfortunately, still up to this point. So still a lot of work to do over there. But finally, Jake, we have finally reached that point in the show. We can finally review – the 2021 Indy 500. I've been ah. watching this. The 2021 Indy 500, the fastest in the race's entire history, as a matter of fact. Is, is Jarrett leaving? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He'll be back. But um, he hates Indy that much, yeah, huh? He, he, he loves it. fenders yeah. to, to death. He can't he loves it. bear Jake, to see it without him. Jake, what were your thoughts on this race? Because I got to say, you know, like, uh, really this year um, is the, is. Um, this is really the first year I've watched every single IndyCar race. So, um, so it was cool to come into this year's Indy 500, you know, knowing the drivers, the stars, the point situation, format, all that stuff, not really having to, to try and rush and figure that out. But what were your thoughts on this year's race? I, I was thoroughly entertained from the yeah. very beginning. I mean, for, for the folks, you know, watching that don't know me, IndyCar is definitely my main, you know, my main thing. I watch all racing, but, you know, Indy is always the top for me. And so... Um, I mean, for myself, I thought this Indy 500 pretty much had everything that you would want. You know, it was super competitive. It was safe. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of drama. And then you had that duel at the end that everybody loves. You can go find all the highlights from, you know, every, it seems every other year or so we have this like awesome back and forth duel. So had everything. Um, you know, I heard some, some complaints that there wasn't a little more action in the middle. Uh, but I, I didn't feel that personally. I mean, I felt like the whole race went by in a, in a snap and, uh, you know, the, the field itself, I feel like the whole indie grid from, you know, Elio on back, even even through Stefan Wilson, you know, it's actually a really high caliber grid. This There's no car stacked. in there. Yeah, it's a very stacked, I mean, so. you saw him start, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole grid was mm-hmm. terrible start, by the way. And the whole grid was, how you know, within one corner. How did they not wreck? I don't know. Probably the tightest start, honestly, since yeah. the 60s um, when they were going, you know, half the speed anyway. But uh, luckily they all got through there. And I think it's just a testament to how good all the drivers were, but yeah, interested in all your thoughts too. Cause I know, I know the whole group, you know, you're not, 
you know, watching indie first and foremost, but I'm interested in what everybody thought. I mean, that's just pure racing. It's just pure racing to me, you know. I mean, don't need a whole lot of cautions or stages, anything like that. You know, Indy 500, that's why this is, you know, one of the greatest races in America, if not the greatest. And, um, oh, yeah, and then um, we can uh, talk about, you know, a little um, rating stat, too. You know, for the first time since 1995, the Indy 500 um, did better in terms of, what was it, ratings and viewership than the Daytona 500 this year or something like that? Yeah. yeah Not the most fair comparison with the with the huge rain delay. I yeah, exactly. That's say, what Jared, I, yeah, but... I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, too. I mean, it it is... It is a race that a lot of international viewers watch as well. It's, you know, one of the three, right? If you're thinking of classic motorsport, Le Mans, Monaco, Indy, those are your three, you know, big, big ones. Uh, and it, it's nice to see that the, the ratings bounce back. So last year was pretty awful in August. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, David Land, he certainly let us know that for sure on Twitter. <laughs> As someone who, who watches, you know, a few Indy car races a year, I try to keep up with the heavy hitters and see how the points play out throughout the season. And I always watch the Indy 500, at least I have the last few years for sure. You know, I was thoroughly enjoyed throughout. And I know it's been cliche, it's been said a million times, but there was also, you know, seeing 130 plus thousand fans in the stands and, cool. you know, Feeling the energy, like you watch old NASCAR races when there are 100,000 people in the stands when Dale Jr. takes the lead or something. You can see, you know, the, the cameras did a good job of cutting to the, cutting to it. You could hear it often over the broadcast. We had several moments like that during the IndyCar race. I, I mentioned the Connor Daly pass was one that stood out for sure. Towards the end, when when Haley, every time Haley got to the lead, the crowd reacted. You know, it was, it was a very exciting win. And, you know, to me, you know, his post-race celebration said it all. You know, this guy's won three of these before. He's he's one of the most accomplished drivers in IndyCar. But to win your fourth, to join, you know, to tie for the for the lead in all-time Indy 500 wins, you could tell how much that meant to him. And you just don't see even guys who win the most exciting Daytona 500s in the world, or if you win the NASCAR championship, you don't get that kind of raw emotion where he's, mm-hmm. you know, pumping up the crowd. Obviously, he's doing his thing where he climbs up the fence. He's hugging everybody before he ever even looks at tv it's like he didn't it's like the only people he saw in that moment were the fans that were directly there in front of him and the crew members and family members etc who had been with him along the journey and i thought you know that all you know i didn't mind that you know as a viewer at home he was kind of forgetting about me i didn't mind i was yeah, like dude okay. no have yeah. a moment like if yeah. you embrace the people oh, and it's a, because all year long we haven't had that you haven't had people right in front of you to hug and like to pat on the back so much so it's that was, you know, the racing was great. I don't mean to gloss over the racing. It was a, I thought it was a very solid race. Even the kind of just slower middle portion, you know, you had the drama of Scott Dixon and Rossi stalling early on. You had um, Ray Hall's crash. I don't remember when. That was the middle portion. Of I was the race, about to right? say that Indianapolis pit road is probably the most dangerous pit road I've ever seen, man. There is always something happening yeah. there. And then, um, well, so. Okay. Well, I was just going to say on the pit road thing, I mean, it was definitely an increase this year, and I haven't really seen anything to explain why this year specifically has had so many more accidents. But on the Indy cars themselves, they actually um, have uh, springs that pull back the calipers from the rotors so that there's no friction at all when they're driving. So when they go into the pits, it's actually really difficult to slow the cars down, and that's why you see... Mm. That type of thing, you know, if the if the brakes don't release right, or I mean, it brings into question what if there was an accident or something. But the uh, the cars aren't easy to slow down like that. And that's why you see, you know, the narrow pit lane there. I know we see it in NASCAR all the time. There was that really bad crash. Was it last year when it the car hit yeah. the pit crew and everything? Yeah. yeah so like that's that. that's one of those things at Indy. I mean, I think uh, I think I was tweeting at you during the race, right? The, the pit lane was state of the art when it was built 1957. in 19, 1957, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's been a couple years since then. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I am definitely probably the one who like 
especially going into this race was like, I'm just going in hoping it's a good race kind of thing. Like literally when I gave my pick last week, I was like, I picked Colton Herta cause he's nice to me. Like I didn't, I don't know much of anything. I'm trying, but I don't know much of anything. Um, I was glued in this garage, watching the TV behind me glued uh, from the moment I sat down to, to the end of the race and after the race. Um, I enjoyed that race more than I've enjoyed most races this year uh, in NASCAR F1, no matter what series it was. Uh, and, and it did something important for me. And I've noticed a lot of others on social media is, yeah, I know they're not racing at Indianapolis, like for the Indy 500 till next year, but I want to watch more IndyCar racing after that, after how good the broadcast was, how good the racing was the emotion of the drivers, uh, it, it just ever, everything about it for me, it was, I won't say a perfect race. Cause I'm not as well-versed enough in IndyCar to say it was a perfect race or not, but from somebody who is an outsider, it really felt that way. It felt like one of those races where there were so many people running up front at different times. There were so many different people that were, uh, doing different strategies, getting TV time that I was able to learn who a good, like a good chunk and portion of the field was, uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. It was so, it was, it was nice to be a fish out of water for a race and at the same time be completely entertained all the way through with it. So I, I liked it. I, I really, really liked it. Like I, I didn't understand why people were complaining about the middle portion. That's actually what helped hook me in for the finish more than anything. Cause you could see stuff getting set up, whether it be strategy or, or whether it be like, who's in the back, who's up front, who's making up ground on whoever, um, I, I say it every year. I'm going to watch more IndyCar racing, but I think I actually mean it more this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean it this year. Yeah, that's right. yeah. And I mean, even if you don't, the I think the Indy 500 in itself, like being a diehard IndyCar fan, I have no issue with folks that only watch that race. You know, I think it's it is kind of a different thing, uh, especially now that there's no other other you know major super speedways on the schedule too. But um, yeah, great to hear that other folks want to want to tune in and. Uh, you know, going back to some of the TV coverage things we we're talking about earlier, I know Eric, you talked about it quite a bit in in your video, just the coverage difference and things. And um, I I think they just did a great job at uh, getting you in the event because even when it was follow the leader, um, you know they weren't they weren't going off on a tangent telling a different story. They were really focused in on the race and what was happening and what was going to be the next part. And and because I feel like the uh, pit windows. For indie cars at at indie are small enough that it always felt like we were right right out you know into the next set of pit stops and stuff with it. There there really wasn't a moment to uh, say okay we're gonna sit for a while. No, I felt that's like actually I didn't even think about it until you said it. But you're right. It's like every thirty laps, and they blow through thirty laps pretty quick oh, yeah. in IndyCar. You know, it felt like every thirty laps there was a new, you know, there's more strategy to talk about. And I thought it was remarkable, you know, how vastly different the fuel strategy was. How some guys could stretch it three laps more than others. I, I understand the leader usually had to pit sooner, but you know, other guys could stretch it longer, shorter bit Dixon and Rossi when that caution came out, you know, it, I, I agree with you. I thought also the broadcast did a good job of really highlighting the stories. I didn't, I'll be honest. I knew Haley Cash never had a lot of Indy 500 wins. I didn't realize he was gunning until, you know, I started, what sat down to start watching that he was gunning for the record to tie the record early on. They made that clear. Connor Daly story. They made clear. They did a good job explaining, you know, Colton Herta and a few of the other drives up at the front that could, you know, possibly break the record for youngest Indy 500, whatever. Like they established all these interesting storylines right away. So even me, who I don't really have a favorite IndyCar car driver, I could 
quickly highlight who the more, more fun yeah. stories were. And I had someone to root for throughout the race. Yeah. Going back to, too, as well, the field is so strong now that there are just a lot. You know, if you like the older guys, you got a whole bunch of them. If you like the younger guys, you got a whole bunch of them. If you like the Americans or the international or whatever, you know, you got a little bit of everything. And hopefully That's in the true. future, we'll see uh, some current Formula One drivers. Um, I seen uh, an article uh, by uh, on the uh, um, what is it? Uh, the racer dot com. Um, F1 was uh, looking about uh, not running Monaco um, the same day as as the Indy 500, perhaps to allow their competitors to race in that race. That'd be cool to see Lando Norris or Max Verstappen in the freaking Indy 500. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a more of a shot now than ever. Obviously, Alonso had done it right for a couple years there, 2017, 2019. Um, but, you know, now with McLaren being a full-time team in IndyCar, like, I could see that happening oh, very yeah, easily. Course, and yeah. there was a long time where the Indy 500 and Monaco were on different weekends. So it was only the past 15 years or so that it was on mm. the same day. So it would be really cool to see. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea that it would be a kind of all-star event. I want to see a NASCAR guys come over, too. Like, let's get Kyle Larson in there. Let's get Kyle Busch <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um, you know, when Kurt Busch did it, he did great. And uh, I think it would be awesome to see more of them come over. Yeah, you think Jimmy Johnson will do it? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, he you know he has a lot of safety concerns, and no, you know, no reason to uh, scoff at that. It's a, IndyCar is super dangerous, but the aero screen especially takes out that that kind of luck scenario where you know it's Connor Daly. You know, it didn't hit the aero screen, the tire, but. Um, if if it had, which could very easily happen, and that arrow screen wasn't there, you know that's that's a really bad deal. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that you can't even prevent as a driver. So I think it makes the drivers feel a little more like if I'm careful, you know, I'm not going to get myself hurt. Whereas before it was like there's this luck factor. So oh, yeah, I think Johnson will do it. I think Romain Grosjean uh, is going to do it. They're all just kind of waiting to see what happens. But you know, there were no. Uh, terrible accidents i would say this year throughout practice qualifying and all that there are a few big yeah. ones but nothing the only scary, scary one for so. me was like the graham ray hall losing the tire that was the car dart back on just because the, the tire was also loose yeah. i know you had the yeah. arrow screen but you just never know where things are gonna bounce and there's been some stuff like that in the past that you know yes if if graham ray hall had slid out a second later you know, we're looking at airplane crash type stuff there, which is Didn't which that is no good. To, but... uh, to what's his name, Alex Zanardi, back in two thousand one, yeah. right? Yeah, had to slid on pit road, and yeah, unfortunately had that accident. Yeah, and they they actually like at, and I'm surprised I haven't done this at Indy yet, but um, at Texas they actually extend a secondary pit speed limit so they can go like mm. I don't know sixty in the pits, and then around turn one two apron they can only go ninety, and then they hit the back straightaway and can accelerate from there okay. to prevent you know that exact thing from happening yeah, makes sense yeah it makes sense but yeah definitely this year's indy 500 for sure a classic for years to come and uh catch me at the uh 2022 edition perhaps we'll see oh you're gonna go yeah yeah awesome. I, I, I went in 2019 I, I gotta see it i gotta see it at least once in my lifetime man i gotta see it it's indy it's indy man it's a freaking indy 500 but this race was definitely a good I, one yeah i think i might depending on how everything lands i'm gonna just see about trying to go out there just because i only live like four hours away so oh, you gotta go bad. just you gotta walking go. now <laughs> well that's a, no it's, it's, the it's very cool that's, an, that's that's just an afternoon drive in the midwest yeah he likes going so, on these like 24 18 i don't like it I, <laughs> i'm a tires on the road at all hours of the yeah, night. yeah he just does I, whatever <laughs> see i saw it it's not that i like it is i'm just accustomed to it yeah, so like see, going out no there problem. would be okay yeah <laughs> like you don't shy away from it yeah, i think that's a good way to phrase that's it that's a good way to phrase okay. it okay there you go but yeah I'd, I'd love to do that plus they're uh 
we know people out there too, uh, both from YouTube, but I also know people just personally out there. So I know I, I know for sure I'd have a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, so 2022, definitely going to happen for sure. Now moving on to the one, the only, NASCAR Weekly Podcast mailbag question. It's Come, not famous? Well, it's famous now because I said it. Now it comes, <laughs> uh, this week's mailbag question comes from Glenn Novak. Thank you so much, man. His question is, hi, I love watching the NASCAR Weekly Podcast every week with all of you guys. Thank you very much. With the MLB once again going into the controversy over their unwritten rules, what are some unwritten rules you guys like or dislike in NASCAR? Thank you. P.S. Chase Elliott is not a Mickey champion. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you so much, Glenn. Um, unwritten rules in NASCAR. Uh, oh, 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 <laughs> I just say that super chat. Thank you so much, Daytona oh. 500 champ. Thank you so much for the $100 super chat. I will get to it in a moment after we uh, read this mailbag question. But some unwritten rules, guys. Uh, what are your, um, Eric, why don't you start us off here? What, what's an unwritten rule in NASCAR? You know, I think you got to go back to any of the recent disagreements between like Truex and Logano, you know, clean racing versus, you know, when is a bump and run acceptable, things like that. Uh, it's an interesting question. You might have to come back to me because I, I I read it right before we went live and I thought it was really interesting. But I, I must say, like, I don't know, some of the top ones, when I first I think of it, it, it's like driver code it came up it comes up a lot whenever you have you know rivalries it's like anytime someone puts someone's you know safety perhaps in jeopardy then that's, that's when it's like yeah. that's when it's like you have the green light to go out and dump them the next week you know that kind of thing that's kind of unique to nascar and other motorsports but you know, what, what do you think jared uh it's part of driver code i have to admit i do kind of like the phone call you know like hey you like you need to Fess up, call the student, apologize. <laughs> or he's gonna. Uh, I don't know what have won the 2015 championship if he knew how to dial a phone, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, a lot, it seemed like, especially the veterans that year hated his ass after that. Yeah. Like I remember hearing the radios and like Tony Stewart's laughing his ass off, and like Dale Jr. even was like basically cheering on Kenseth after that. And I'm like. No. Man, you get like all these people. Like, I get like Stuart, but you get like Dale Jr. Dale after you Jr. Get Jeff, Gordon, he, he Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. Like, all these people are like cool with your ass getting wrecked. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think that it just shows a basic level of respect. Uh, and you can even go a step further and like actually, you know, go out and visit the dude and talk to him. Or, or you know, I don't know, like, I know like some stuff they said that older drivers used to do is like take them out fishing for the afternoon and try and hash yeah, it out. That's definitely an like, older driver. Something, <laughs> well, that's something I'd do, man. Like I'll be honest with you, but it's like, I, I like that, that there's some kind of option that drivers give each other that you can be, you know, giving some self accountability on it. You know, you can have some accountability for what you did. You have that chance. And if you don't take it, your ass is going into the fence. So I, I like that rule. It, leave it in the driver's hands unless it's absolutely impossible for it not to be done. Yeah. I think it's hilarious how the how drivers react so differently to a middle finger out the window. Some <laughs> drivers like just give it right back, think it's funny. Other drivers like they take it personally. They're like, whoa, they no, no, and, and they're, yeah, like, they're like, I gotta that, wreck him. That's I, enough to get dumped. Right? And I, I think, you know, I think a middle finger shouldn't be enough to to dump you. It can yeah. make you angry. It can make you race them hard, but you shouldn't immediately be like, "Oh, that's they got one coming." You like, guys that's are not, going like two hundred miles per hour. Don't wreck them over. Are, are, are we are, are we talking about the uh, Bubba V Bowman? 
<laughs> it's happened there. I remember I, really iconic. I think it was, was it Keslowski flipping off Kurt or was it the other way around at Martinsville a few years ago? Uh, uh, I just it, remember. It was, yeah, it was Keslowski flipping someone's off. Someone's car had like the whole hood taken off there. Yeah, right? Just logging laps. Yeah. And he was just holding up. I think he was holding up Kurt Bush, just a, flipping off. Kept, for, like, a yeah, lap. the whole time. I think well, it was and- Keslowski. It was funny. Wasn't there something with Johnson and Kyle Bush at Martinsville, like in 2010, 2010, 2011? Yeah. Put your, tell him to put his finger back in his car. Or or I'll dump him, I'll dump oh, no. <laughs> we, we got middle fingers in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. It's been retracted. Oh, you don't have to retract it, don't Mods. It's okay. A couple <laughs> middle fingers is okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I like fights. But yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with Jared on that one. I don't really know too many unwritten rules. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff to do with like passing and how you how you move the air around cars that you just don't do certain moves and it's probably all stuff that would be super interesting to learn about if somebody would tell us uh you know during a broadcast hint hint but uh (laughs) but yeah i think there's that stuff or you know what comes to mind for me too is all like the hand gestures especially at super speedways like you know we're gonna pit and those are all driver courteous things that you know there's no rule that you have to do that but it probably benefits the person doing it more than uh than everybody else right you don't want to get run over yeah yeah no i'm that is a good point is like etiquette when it comes to getting out of the way we see how drivers do that differently ryan newman is notorious doesn't get out of the way logano doesn't get out of the way but other drivers maybe get out of the way too quick and are you know seen as pushovers you know that's that's another good one that I, I it'd be nice if there was like a guidebook if if, if it was almost like a, in a video game where you have sliders that say what drivers or what what you know characters certain strengths and weaknesses are i want to see that for every nascar driver like and i want all the other drivers to decide like everyone is pulled what do you make of you know kyle bush you'd say like okay he's like oh 10 out of 10 asshole he's like a 10 out of 10 aggressive two out of 10 like respect like you know and i just want to like average the scores out and i want to see a book of every driver's score yeah. you got ryan newman drivers. ryan newman the highest defense score out of yeah, anybody exactly yeah. like offense defense at least at the top five Defense level kidney stone. <laughs> oh, so. man. But thank you. So That's much. a good question, though. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you so much Thanks, for Glenn. the NASCAR weekly podcast uh, mailbag question this week, Glenn. Really appreciate it. And now to the famous ad reads. This NASCAR weekly podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Lionel Diecast. Get your official 2021 Lionel oh Authentics Diecast wave only at lioneldiecast.com. Now, uh, pull out some diecasts. I unfortunately forgot mine, so I have to go get one. But uh, Jared, I don't know if, uh, start us off, Jared. What, what is that one there? Uh, I got Tony Stewart's 2002 championship Pontiac. Uh, I figured with it being Sonoma week and how good he was at Sonoma in his career, this would be a pretty fitting one. I, know I've, I think I've shown this one like four or five months ago, but it's a really good one. It's uh, actually pre-Smoke, if you can see. It's back when they used Whoa. to have his name on it. Oh. Uh, so it's really cool. And it's really cool seeing like, look at, look at all this ad space they can't use. <laughs> look at that. No, you need to look get at, the, look at right there. The Nelson TV ratings guy. You need the Nielsen. approval there. Or Nielsen, excuse me. <laughs> Nielsen. God, uh, Nelson from the Simpsons starts laughing at Darian for that one. But I found well, this one from We both have silver cars, yeah, Darian. Silver but yours is the silver bullet though. Mine's is when yeah. Dale Earnhardt tried to intimidate or, uh, impersonate the silver bullet. This was ran well, in the uh, 1995 All-Star Race, I believe, or the Coca-Cola 600, one of those two. I, I think, think the All-Star Race. Yeah, yeah, it's got the little, see, look at the detail right there, too. I don't know if you can see, it's got the little tire mark on the side. 
See, I like that. So we, like we've that. all gone with very retro diecast, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can get the latest NASCAR Authentics waves from your local Walmart and other retailers and uh, pre-order or order. Many of them are in stock now. Your favorite driver's 2021 uh, diecasts at LionelRacing.com. That's right. Jake, do you have any diecasts? Uh, or- yeah, but they might not be Lionel, so oh. I won't show I, it. You know, in <laughs> fairness, I don't think this one was either. Yeah, it's all yeah about- show us. Oh, yeah, just show us. Yeah, yeah, show us one. I have a few, yeah. and I don't. they must have slid off my desk. I have a... Um, this is a James Hinchcliffe 20... Ooh, 2018? 18, nice. probably, pre-aero screen. It's a nice little 164. Oh, wait, didn't he fail the Indy 500 that year? Did he? Yeah, no. he did. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> I like leave the Zoom call. <laughs> oh, man, that's a nice one. But yes, get your Authentics Wave from Lionel Diecast, only at LionelDiecast.com. And real quick, I want to put this in the chat. Weekly podcast guest at gmail.com if you want to leave your mailbag question we usually take the ones that have been like there's a big rush during the show or right after uh that's usually when we'll go and look for them so be sure to be like the first one as possible to do that i'll put it in the chat but weekly podcast guest at gmail.com it does not ensure that you're going to be a guest on the podcast despite the misleading name uh so if you ask your message will be deleted yeah just ask ask us fun questions like glenn did yeah, locked and reported <laughs> and we'll try and get to different people each week but if there's like a really yeah. really really good question like we got to take it exactly so yep send your questions there and what is that sound again i just love how my graphics things work at the beginning of the season it didn't but now it does and it's the lightning round on the nascar weekly podcast jared what do we have on tap for tonight there is no illusion of what happens behind the scenes being put like you know there's no illusion of just a giant great show i thought it was real lightning what do you mean a graphic what (laughs) no my graphics weren't working at the beginning of the year though remember (laughs) you completely missed the point the the magic is gone <laughs> <laughs> and people say i'm blunt with it anyway uh we wait, wait, what this is a green screen what <laughs> <laughs> wait this isn't a real ufo anyway real- uh there's not too much to go off of tonight for the lightning round but there's some pretty big stories uh according to daniel mcfadden nashville super speedway will not use pj1 in june Uh, And the Sonoma Raceway, according to Bob Pachris, has sold out its 33% allotted capacity, as well as they're letting in uh, a lot more media members. I don't know about members of VIPs yet. Uh, It all depends. Um, Matt Bandetto is going to run an Elliott Sadler number 21 throwback in the Southern 500 this year. The Chicagoland Speedway's Twitter account now is accommodating the Chicago street course and is Mm. seeming to start being kind of fitted in with that yeah season two of lost speedways is coming to peacock on july 1st uh this is according to nascar and nbc and dirty mo radio uh electrification of the next gen car is an important goal for chevrolet they've announced recently uh kurt bush will be on next week's episode of hell's kitchen <laughs> what that's random what i wonder if they're gonna have uh lamb sauce flavored monster God, dude, can you imagine if he was on Hell's Kitchen in 2009, 2010? <laughs> <laughs> if they messed up, bro. Oh my gosh! But this is a much calmer Kurt Busch. This is a much cooler Kurt Busch. I, time. I would, I would love to see, you know, t- 2009 Kurt. It's like, I, I don't think it looks that bad. You're, we're on the F and back <laughs> straight away, <laughs> F and Einstein. 
<laughs> See, that uh, never gets old, no matter how much we say it. Uh, it never gets old. <laughs> yeah, haven't, they been, uh, haven't they been doing, like, an ad segment recently where they'll have, like, a driver cooking something mid-race? Has oh, that been the... Why, why are they... I've seen that. Why are there I've, so many Jimmy racing? Johnson, done, like, know. an info... Doesn't Jimmy Johnson do, like, some sort of info? Oh, for Carvana parody? with the eggs! Yeah, yeah the eggs! Yeah, yeah, yeah with That's... the eggs. That's what it is. Uh, there was a whole like IndyCar uh, thing a few years back with Butterball Turkeys and the uh, Andretti team. They would like make a sandwich on the grid. That stuff's so cringe. Yeah, Just stick to the they're, racing, please. They're appealing to that like nice little range of like mid thirties moms or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they're trying. <laughs> next gen. Uh, the next gen car had a manufacturer test at Charlotte on the Oval this past Tuesday. Saw that. Uh, Phoenix Raceway will once again be the season finale in 2022. Uh, the weekend, I believe, will be from November 4th to the 6th. Uh, so people people have misread this as like, oh, they're not shortening the schedule at all. Uh, they actually are compressing the schedule even more because the Daytona 500 is a week later. That's taking up one of the uh, bye weeks in the summer that uh, – that we're having for the Olympics. So I assume we're going to have a bye week in the summer, like after the 22nd, yeah. 23rd race. Probably. Um, Camping World is going to be the title sponsor of the SRX. Once again, proving why my video was so short-sighted only like two weeks ago. You have ago to update the, the game SRX. already. You have to update the game. Where's that huge patch? Let's go. I need that huge Camping World patch. <laughs> and let's end this baby on a good note for the lightning round. Uh, Michigan, Daytona, Richmond, Talladega, Martinsville, and Phoenix will have all of their races for the rest of the year under full capacity, according to Jayski, as well as more garage access as well as more stuff for the drivers to do at and around the track. It won't be completely normal, but I think they said it'll be like between 70 to 90% back to normal uh, for the second half of the year. And uh, I very ma- I very well may be going to That's most, if not all of those. Driving through the um, night, as, per- as, as the famous iceberg does. Yes. Drives through the night. <laughs> yes, and with that. That's the lightning round. I think well, it's like the shortest one in weeks. Yeah, 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 that felt really short. But it's still the lightning round. And once again, that'll do it for another edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. The fly now, is back. Back to the show. Yes. Oh, I, know. Well, Jared, I needed to catch my breath for a second there. But the fly is well, back. Well, Jarrett hunts for the fly. And I know we've got a lot of super chats that Darian's going to get to in a mm-hmm. moment. But first, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast is also sponsored by Forney Industries. I got my hat this week. I usually forget it. It doesn't really match my outfit. But Forney Industries, uh, they offer a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and much, much more. It's great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metalworker, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's F-O-R-N-E-Y-I-N-D.com or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Proud supporters of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast and the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. Yeah, this hat doesn't really match my outfit. I'm sorry, Fournie. I need to wear like more khaki for the podcast. Then we'll really, we'll really have something going. But Darian, I believe you have a lot of super chats to yes, get to. A lot of super. What chats are the fans talking about? So let's get to them immediately. The ultimate KFB fan. Thank you so much for the two dollar super chat. The iceberg better not show up like a hippie again. <laughs> what? Oh well, when I when I had my hair parted oh. and glasses on, <laughs> man. 
It's like the borderline John Lennon look. I, honestly, if, honestly, if we have like nothing to talk about, I might just show up looking like there that just so we have more to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they send me money because of it. So thanks, Groovy Goose. <laughs> thank you so much for, for the uh, for the two dollar super chat. Is Karen's dog in the SRX DLC? <laughs> By the way, spin the UFO. I think he's asking if... Uh, oh, yeah, about the National yeah. Fairgrounds. Is she in the oh. game? <laughs> or is that dog <laughs> in the game? Oh, man. That was funny. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, oh, gosh. Jar Jar Binks. He's back. Jar Jar, thank you so much for the $5 super read chat. It with the, read it with a bit of a high-pitched voice. I don't know what the, I don't know what this is. <laughs> what's, a, what's a Star Wars? <laughs> Misa like the Star Wars. Okay, okay. No, so, je- oh, geez. Misa, Misa, <laughs> happy Misa. What? Eric's new best friend. Hisa, Meme. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, Hisa. Or Hisa. Okay. When, when, yeah, you have to have like a high-pitched like voice. It has to go more high-pitched. So it's like, Misa. Misa, Hisa, Meme. Happy Wisa. <laughs> I don't know that. Gonna this spend a, lots what? of time together. Wisa, Wisa gonna Meme crazy thing. Squeaking no like a clarinet. What? <laughs> I have no clue what the hell I just read. This is a Star Wars reference. This is, no yeah, this is a Star Wars reference uh, and a guy reading it that has never seen no, Star never Wars. Seen it's that. beautiful. Uh, but once he's we're lucky. Out Nashville, he... once we're out Nashville, oh, no, we're showing him. We're showing him. Yeah, I'll watch them. I'll watch them. So thank you so much, Jar Jar, for the super chat. Uh, Kalito, uh, thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. BFM taking a break from trolling Michael Roots, LOL. Yeah, I was trolling him earlier. I always troll him every chance I get. Anter Das, thank you so much for the five bucks. Hey guys, I made up for my 150 bucks that I dropped to Jarrett <laughs> by betting on Larson, winning um, winning in my last minute five bet on Julio. Nice. I was wondering how far that, that, that was going to go. Hey, last. I don't know. Yeah, it was going forever. It was going on and on. But yeah, thank you so much, man. Groovy Goose, thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. I'm waiting for Lance Stroll to, uh, uh, to interrupt the stream. Oh, okay. Because the F1, yeah, the little Monaco broadcast. You had to watch it to understand it. But yeah, no, it's funny. Platinum Paradise, thank you so much for the five bucks. As much as I loved Larson dominating, I miss when the Coke 600 had um, had corners, or no, excuse me, had comers and goers and new players when Nightfall came. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I grew up on that in the, in the, in the, uh, in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, you know. But with stage racing, it's kind of taking some of that, you know, racing out uh, and this weekend they, they mentioned it that the temperature didn't change a whole lot throughout the day like it didn't get much cooler when it switched to night so i think that is why you didn't see many different comers yeah, at the end basically it was the same the entire time groovy goose with the five bucks um what does kevin harvick and kevin page have in common oh my god they share the same name both wrecked the field at dega and are both massive cheater boys <laughs> I don't know what the hate boner is for Harvick. Jake, but there's a hate, there is from. this hate boner, Jake, uh, on our on our podcast for Kevin Harvick um, from the chat. We, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it came from, but last month it's just been yeah. nonstop. They, they I think I think there's more super chats too. If he doesn't uh, if he doesn't win for a little while, it's gonna be uh, everybody's gonna miss him. Yeah. So it's gonna be like the old guy winning again. Oh, 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 Eric Eastep will love this. Mrs. Eric Eastep, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. I love this. Honey, how long is this going to take? <laughs> we need to talk about that hypocrite Harvick. Before it's bedtime, he needs to... Uh, he needs to take um, uh, to uh, to Twitter to apologize. I, I, what? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know wow. what's going on, man. But yeah, Mrs. Eric said, thank you so much for the five bucks. Ryan, thank you so much for the five bucks. KB is the only other driver in the field to get a cup win for HMS. Interesting. Wait, KB is the only other. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Kyle Busch. Yeah, Kyle Busch. Yeah, the only driver in the field to win for Hendrick Motorsports, I guess, in his career. I, I guess that. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Johnson, Gordon, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're all gone. Sean, Par uh, um, Sean uh, uh, Peckerton, thank you so much for the five bucks. At age forty-six, uh, Helio Castro Neves winning uh, number four, and the celebration after. Father Time is having a flat tire on. Um, on the interstate in 2021. Yeah, that's for sure. Pretty much all the old guys just started winning again out of nowhere. Groovy Goose, thank you so much for the two $2 Super Chats. Your first one, why, um, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, your first one, would any of you make a uh, a Cameo account? Spin the UFO. Oh, the, the thing where like celebrities, you pay them for them to send you little video yeah, messages. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't that's I what these that. streams are for. We just got <laughs> yeah. Darian to do a Jar Jar Binks impression for you like guys, two if, Yeah, you guys send your money already. <laughs> if, if I ever did that, it would be for free. Yeah. There's no way I could. You don't want to be. You don't want to be like the one dollar cameo person. Like you gotta, if you're gonna go on there, you gotta be like an upper tier yeah, one before it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll, just, I'll price myself at ten thousand dollars. It's just. If it's just sad. When when you have like the the five dollar one dollar people, that's just sad at that point. It is funny to look at celebrities you recognize and be like, oh, I see so and so is worth double. Um, you know, I don't know, so I, I can't think of any celebrities, but you know, it is kind of like weird to see that pecking order like clearly defined there. It's like sneaking mm -hmm. a look at their movie contracts. All right, so I'll try and get through these final ones as quick as possible. Todd Blue, thank you so much for the ten dollar uh, super chat. Todd Blue can see the future. Todd Blue sees Eric, Darian, Danny, and Jarek becoming broadcasters for NASCAR on the new Out of the Groove Network. Todd Blue. I thought he was say we'll in the hall of fame no 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 don't say that wait happens. so we'll be there's four like do who's the who's that other youtuber in the hall of fame because we're totally serious about this oh yeah yeah we've been totally serious about that let's just put I think jake we're looking i think it, i think it's jake yeah, yeah let's just put jake he's here already. except You're in. <laughs> he'll be in the indycar hall of fame yeah. it's, uh, the open wheel whatever yeah. there you go daniel oh. thank you so much for the two dollar super chat clint boyer uh has ruined the fox coverage for me damn <laughs> yeah well somebody i wouldn't go that far yeah. but oh wow yeah your opinion, yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, Urban Alvarado, thank you so much for the $10 Super Chat. For the most part, I see more of the flag-to-flag -flag coverage in the international feed, and with the radio is better when um, when the U.S. feed is on break. I think motorsport fans can watch uninterrupted coverage. Yeah, yeah, I, I wish we would see more uninterrupted coverage and stuff, but... I understand some of these TV, um, some of the uh, TV um, stations. They got to get their money in somehow, I guess. But sometimes they can overdo it, though. That's for sure. Tyler Tinsley with the five bucks. Ty Gibbs is only fourteen points behind Riley Herbst. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, we we glossed over Ty Gibbs winning his second race way too quickly. Ty Gibbs has got two wins and six starts. He only has it's one really finish good. outside yeah. the top five. He's really freaking good. But damn. Uh, Jared had his huge rant about Herps a couple weeks ago. Now to get that stat, that's very shocking. I, li oh. I literally like people were like, Jared, he's on the pole. And I'm like, give him time. Give yeah, him time. Yeah, just give him time. But the rest of the super chat but says. No, he oh, go ahead. Just going back really quick on Ty Gibbs because we kind of brush over it. Like, man. He's really good. Like, 
he looks like he's been doing this for five to ten years in that series. Like he then just, went and led every arc lap of the Arca race a couple hours yeah. later. He's, he's the he's, next KFB, in my opinion. He's yeah. like fourteenth or fifteenth in points. I know he's not running every race, but if he points his way into the top twelve somehow in only like half the races, he should qualify for the playoffs. He, he should, yeah, he yeah. should compete for the championship right away. Yeah. Even if he's, yeah, he's not I running think, all uh, 10 races. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty easy to like dislike him because it's like a silver spoon situation right but you can't deny like you don't get the equipment and be that successful without actually being good so like Mm -hmm. you know at that point you just gotta hand it to him i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's doing everything he can he's gonna be there definitely he's gonna be there for quite some time jake baskin or hold on let me read the rest of the super chat um spin the ufo that was the rest of it there you go (laughs) can't forget that yeah jake baskinger also um my condolences to jake baskinger and uh, his family as well hope you guys are doing better uh but thank you so much for the five dollar super chat uh the most important question how are you doing i'm doing awesome and um you've been in my thoughts for um pretty much for a little while jake so i'm praying for you guys i'm all right Uh, right. absolutely i hope i'm doing well man yeah Groovy Goose, thank you so much for the two bucks. What if NASCAR did their own dirt series? Eh, that'd be that'd be interesting. I feel like let's let's try and you know get our popularity up first before we. Start what kind of cars games. would they race? <clears throat> well, they just run like sprint cars, but I don't know. Maybe maybe like run the Arca's dirt late models Arca, or Arca what? Arca cars put yes. tires on the Gen Four cars. Like what are they? I mean, back in the day when Arca brakes were more prevalent, I mean Arca was basically a dirt series half the time with the yeah. way they were. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so the old Arca series, yeah, that was basically, I guess, what that was. Andrew Mayer, thank you so much for the five bucks. The Fox broadcast was terrible. They never once talked about how prestigious the uh, the 600 is. They never made you feel like the race was a major event. Yeah. yeah it felt like a race at Kentucky, honestly. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly, longer. Bro. Platinum Paradise with the four bucks. Brock Beard voiced his concern over seeing a a violent uh, wreck two weeks in a row and thinks the broadcast lack of focus is detrimental to race control. So I, I guess they do see the, the feed, I guess, of the television. I'm sure they have the feed, but they also have people stationed. Yeah, like, I would assume they Actually have looking to, out the track. Yeah, they'd have to have some people stationed, though. But yeah, I totally agree with Brock Beer. Yeah, it's definitely very dangerous. Uh, Sports Fanatic with the five bucks. Uh, hey, could you get Eric to say hi to me? Thanks, smiley face. Say what what was their name? Sports Fanatic. Hi, sports fanatic. Yeah. And uh, Anthony... <laughs> oh, my hands. Anthony... kind of weird. Uh, Anthony Wiener. That was his last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm childish. Anthony I don't think Wiener. you need... I don't think you need to read the rest of this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... Yeah, the, the message's been... It's been deleted. But thank you for the two bucks. Tyler Tinsley with the five bucks. Uh, a new poll record sponsored by Credit One Bank. Yeah, that was... <laughs> and then uh, we'll get Fair, through a few good. more. Oh, God. Well played. Well yeah, played. Yeah, yeah well played. <laughs> And then Daniel with the two bucks. Larson's dominance shows you uh, the Johnson decline. Yeah, unfortunately. And then Sean with the five bucks. Indy 500 is a 10 out of 10. That celebration was special. Julio's genuine reaction and other drivers coming <laughs> on the track to, uh, to congratulate Did you just him. call him Julio? Oh, Helio. Dang it. Helio. See, I always mess up on everybody's name. Close enough. Helio. Yeah, dang it. Uh, that was awesome. Helio. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Um, that's a good segue um, to end the first round of Super Chats. I'll read the rest uh, at the very end of the show. And now moving on, back to the topics. Um, but again, thank you so much for the Super Chats, guys. Even I, That is so, so many Super Chats, but that is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, so now back to the show. Um, the next topic, Kurt Busch, rumored to be going to 2311, according to The Athletic. So, 
you know, 23-11, we've been, um, I mean, we've been very upfront about their struggles. But again, first-year team, you know, with a driver who, in my opinion, isn't necessarily a championship caliber driver, in my opinion. I think Bubba can be a very good serviceable driver, but a championship one, mm, I, I don't really uh, um, agree with any, um, uh, with some of the same um uh, some of his fan base there. But Kurt Busch, though, a former championship driver, too. I, I mean, this would be, what, his, like, seventh or eighth different team in his Cup Series career, if that happens? Yeah, well, um, goodness, something yeah, like that's that. up there. Roush, I feel like, I feel like that's really, like, opposite ends of the spectrum, right, for drivers. You've got, like, the seasoned vet, and you've got, I mean, Bubba's not a rookie or anything, mm -hmm. but it feels just like, can we get somebody in the middle, maybe? Yeah. And, and definitely, mm -hmm. it would be good to have. Or it, it would definitely be good for Bubba Walls to have someone to get some notes off of. You know that sort of thing from a former well, champion like himself. I think Bubba needs mentoring mm -hmm. from a more experienced driver. If you look back the last, well, I don't, I don't even know how many years of his career, there really wasn't a veteran at the team who could really help teach him. Now there there was. You know, I believe he drove for Kyle Busch in the truck series at he one did. point. But there's a difference between an owner driver who really only goes in that series five times a year uh, and, and a driver who you're racing against every week. Uh, if you look at the Cup Series, he's always been on single car teams. The uh, the Xfinity Series, when he is on a team like, for instance, Roush, it went under within half a season, season and a half, whatever it may be. So I think it's something that, that he really – could learn a lot from and really could could uh could grow as a driver that i think that'd be the biggest hope for for denny hamlin and michael jordan on that one is just to to, to get away for him I, I don't know maybe maybe to help him build up mental toughness or, or something you know if there's anybody who knows what it's like to go through the ringer during their, their career is kurt bush so like I, I'm not saying he can deal with every problem and help Bubba through every problem, but I'm saying that he definitely can help him as a driver and how to just focus. He more, can I learn guess. a lot from him, especially you know not only is yeah. Bush a former you know a former Cup Series champion, but the trials and tribulations he had, especially you know in the middle portion of his Cup Series career. I mean, he can definitely you know go. Um, he can uh, definitely uh, come to Kurt Busch with his problems for sure. No, I, I agree with both of what you guys are saying. I think when it comes to off the track handling media and stuff, Kurt Busch has been, as you said, Jared, through the ringer. He's been at the very bottom of it, and I think he's progressed significantly. He's now one of the best, I think, in speaking to the media and you know being you know open and talking, in, uh, engaging with fans. And so I think you know he'll he'll be helpful to Bubba Wallace there. But when it comes to the overall race team and getting more competitive, here you have a guy who's won thirty two times. I think he's put a chip Ganassi car in the round of eight recently. You know, he's a great solid driver. He, not just, he's a great driver. He's a great driver. Who's going to really give your team a baseline. If he comes in next year, which it sounds like this is expected. It's uh, I think only now, only recently, only maybe this week have they actually begun talks perhaps, but it sounds like many are expecting this to, to lean a certain direction. You know, I, I think this would be so huge for 2311 if they get a Kurt Busch, who also may bring some Monster Energy sponsorship, so there's additional funding in play as well. How would but, that work with the whole Dr. Pepper? Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, Denny Hamlin's a Coke driver, so I guess it's already kind of weird. I think they'll make it work. But yeah. you know, if, if Monster stays, it even wants to. You just never know. Monster's backed out of Ty Gibbs a little bit. They backed off Deegan a little bit. Yeah, I just don't know what Monster's doing. But, it's weird. They're uh, still paying Ty Gibbs, though, but they're just not on the car. I, I don't know. It's they're, they're not as, anyway, but I, I just think he's going to be so beneficial to that team. You know, And I think they could be beneficial to him you know i don't think 
you know, I know the next gen car may equalize some things, but I think at worst, the 2311 car is going to be about the same as the Ganassi car he's in now. I don't think he's going to get into the 23 or you know whatever the 2311 car ends up being. I don't think he's going to get into that car and suddenly be worse. I think he'll be about the same maybe at first, but I think throughout the season, because again, no disrespect to Bubba, he's a solid driver, but he's not Kurt Busch at this point in his career. Kurt Busch's uh, feedback hopefully will be enough to help progress that team forward at a quicker pace than they have so far this year. Now it also depends on who else they get involved. Cause I think Bubba Wallace is a decent driver. I don't really know about Mike Wheeler as a crew chief. Is he the best guy for that role? I, I don't really know. So who will they get to be Kurt Busch's crew chief, assuming this goes through that. I mean, that, that is also important as well. And yeah, this is, this would be, I believe someone confirmed in the chat. This would be his seventh team now wow. uh, in his cup series career. You know, I, Another fresh start. Is that what Kurt Busch really needs? Is that really going to be great? There's always risks there when you're surrounding somebody with new people. I think what makes this exciting from Kurt Busch's perspective as well is getting to be de facto teammates with his brother, Kyle Busch, for the first time in their oh, cup careers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That. Yeah, that's right. So they're both in Toyotas now. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, Bubba Wallace could definitely use all the help he can. Well, that entire team could definitely use all the help it needs at this point, for sure. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, what do you think, Jake? Ah, yeah, I mean, I think having a two-car team there, be interested in how they get a charter, because that's still all yeah, up in the air, right? Yeah, but, it's uh, tricky. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it'll, it, it won't hurt, right? And, you know, if they can start building their cars maybe more than a couple weeks before the, the start of the season, that'll certainly help as well. But, yeah, I think Kurt Busch is a, is a solid driver and would certainly bring that, like, mentorship and been there, done that, like, I know how to do this, run a race team type attitude. But I think I would hope, you know, if they build a team around Kurt coming over, that they actually have, um, you know, maybe similar experienced crew chiefs and and mechanics and things working on their cars just to help even out the whole team. And briefly, what you mentioned there about the charter the charter deal, I know Denny Hamlin said this weekend at Charlotte, he said that kind of a long winded way that they're open to running a second team without a charter if it comes to that. They're eyeing that situation closely. We didn't really talk about it here tonight, but I thought that was really interesting hearing him talk about the charter agreement uh, potentially being up at the end of 2024 and how it might change. That deal could change quit suddenly and, and severely. So, you know, just add another wrinkle into the charter saga. I, I need to read it because I saw, um, I believe it was Bob Pockris put out an article earlier this afternoon about the charter system, kind of an overview of what d- potential owners are looking at, what charters, what may or may not be available. I think that would be an interesting uh, read, I'm sure, because he always has, he, he knows how to explain things in the simplest, he has the most knowledge, understandable yeah. of terms, and yeah. he'll have the inside scoop. But yeah, Hamlin said they don't need a charter necessarily. So I don't, now we've heard colleagues say they may not need a charter to race next year. I, maybe charters it's going to start driving the value of charters down if suddenly team owners are getting into the sport without them but hey rick you know, Ware, please, please sell that. them at least one please just one I mean, <laughs> well we got 30 got uh <laughs> 37 cars in for sonoma so i guess three more could start right without charters yeah, that's yeah, true that's true that's true all right so now moving on race picks it is sonoma race weekend for the nascar cup series <laughs> wait what there's a little more to go over there is <laughs> Where? Uh, for the for the weekend. Oh yeah, in Mid Ohio. That's right, Mid Ohio too. See, there you go. There's also more racing outside of Sonoma. <laughs> I just found out. Okay, so Sonoma slash Mid Ohio race weekend. So for the Cup Series, you can uh, you can catch the Cup Series Sonoma race on FS1 and also listen to it on PRN Radio. Uh, the uh, start time is. Or, excuse me, the date is uh, this Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Xfinity Series channels are also FS1, but this time MRN for the radio part. 
and then it'll take place on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. The weather this weekend for Sonoma, California, 87 degrees. It's uh, it's supposed to be on Sunday. Very sunny most of the uh, the time. Zero percent uh, uh, percent chance of rain though, so that's good. And then also, California. and then also for Mid Ohio race weekend, uh, 86 degrees, mostly cloudy, very warm, but also zero percent chance of rain. So things are looking up. Oh my goodness! I did not want. I, I was dreading having to read these race uh, yeah. these race pick points. Okay, so here God, are. It's, here it's are, a two horse race, my yeah, God! Yeah, I was about to it say. Really yeah, is. the point standings at the moment. It's a two horse race between Jarrett and Eric. Jarrett currently has accumulated 245 points in total, while Eric is only minus 17 behind. But lucky 17. Oh, but but three through six, it is a dog fight. Third uh, <laughs> uh, uh, positions, third th- all the way down to six. Um, only a six-point difference, so that's fitting. Wow. So third place is the guest, and and shout out to David Land. He single-handedly saved the guest picks like season. They they, they were in the basement. Momentum's for, on your side, Jake. Yeah, they were in the basement <laughs> for most of the season. So Jake, you're in a good position. David Land put you in. So uh, currently P3, but 53 points back. The chat is uh, P4, 54 points back. Danny B talks is fifth, 56 points back. And since I suck. I am currently in dead last, P6, 59 points back. But the good news is, in the span of one race weekend, I can jump all the way from 6th to 3rd. So it's not over yet. It's not over yet, folks. So a lot of hope here. And oh, So we'll see what happens. And, and to add to that, uh, so you get, if you're the top pick for Cup, you get 10 points. Top pick for Mid-Ohio, you get 6. Uh, if you pick the cup winner, you get plus five. If you pick the mid Ohio winner, you get plus three. And if you sweep the whole weekend, you get 10 bonus points on top of that. Uh, so you can make up, uh, if I'm doing the math, right. Uh, I think 33 points is the most you can make up this week. So, okay. Okay. That's a challenge. You can get back in the game. We'll hey, we're not even halfway through the season. Darren. I know, you know but I'm last. I'm very competitive. I don't want to be last though. So that's so, that's so, so. Mm, so lame. The Third were, is within gr- grasp. I was for I, I I figured for sure the guest pick would just be last the entire season. But damn, dude, freaking David, you can ruin it. Jared, we just have to make sure we don't pick the same people this week. Last week we picked almost the exact same, like four, three or four. I'm I'm I already had my picks like ready to go for a few days now. So, so have I. So let's see how this goes. Oh, we're actually getting competitive on this. So I like I, it. Yeah. So really quick before we get started, Danny B talks is not here. Uh, do you guys just want me to go over his picks, all of them? I got I got them written. Oh, you down. got them. Okay. All right. All right we'll just go right. as the rounds go as all we right, do. Cool. Go through yeah. Cool. So, right. Jake, if you're not familiar, what we do is we give our win pick for Xfinity in the first round. We'll all give our picks, and then the second round we give our who's gonna suck in the Cup race, like drivers who maybe usually do well that are going to do bad this weekend our our dark horses our underdog picks and then we wrap it up with our win pick and we do these separately so you don't have to give them all at once you can think about each for a few seconds looking at the entry list right now all right i don't see i was doing that earlier today so uh yeah let's roll into it what do we we start with first picks yes who is going to win at mid ohio eric you go first I don't, I don't want to hear what Jared's going to say. All right. Uh, uh, I'll go. I'll go first. You want to go first? Go right, ahead. Go, 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 go first. Yeah, go I'll first. go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty easy on this one. This dude's been leading tons, tons and tons of laps he's at, at road courses. I think he's going to be doing pretty darn well at Mid-Ohio this weekend. I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick. <laughs> Me too. I, was, I, I just I can't go wrong with that. Austin Sindrick. I guess Darian's going second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I, Austin Sindrick's probably the obvious pick, but shoot, I'm going with the guy starting on the front row with them. Ty Gibbs wins another road course race, baby. 
He's already got oh. one. Oh, wait, he's racing. Take oh, no, I'm still going Austin Cedric. I'm still going Austin Cedric. Jake. I think all you, you forgot all about one of the best road course racers in the whole field. I'm going with the Dinger, mm. AJ Allmendinger. That's a good pick as well. Yes, former Jackar champion. Danny is also going Cedric, so yeah. Ooh, this is your chance, y'all. All right, make let's it see if we can catch up. We'll see. All right. Let's see what we got, chat. Where we got? We're going, Cendric. Oh yeah, Cendric. Yeah, I see Cendric. Yeah, Cendric. I see Cendric. Yeah, Cendric. I see Cendric everywhere. Yeah, just put that down. Mm. All right, now to the next round of picks: the Cup Series. Jarrett, who is going to suck this weekend at Sonoma? Ah, uh, this guy has just been horrendously bad most of the time when it comes to road course <laughs> racing. Uh, I don't think that he's going to improve too much this weekend, as well as his, his affiliate. Uh, you know, or not, not affiliate, but uh, there basically should be affiliates and teammates with how bad they run at these these tracks. Um, I'm going Austin Dillon. He's yeah. just he sucks at road courses, man. See, uh, I was it was either between Dillon, Bubba, and, who should be his affiliate. Yeah, yeah. you know what? You know what? I'll probably they're, they're running back there. You put you pick Dylan. I'll go with Bubba for the road course. I mean, it's a road course. Just Bubba. He's just he's just never good here on the road courses ever. So Bubba. they were my top two suck picks as well. So I'll I'll go with someone just off the cuff. I, I'll be the guy that puts Almarola in the bucket this week. <laughs> Almarola just can't catch him. So so what's the bar of somebody to pick for the the bad category? Uh, well, you can pick like you know. Chase Elliott, if you think he's just going to wreck or something this yeah, week, yeah, you can pick anybody. Might want some, you, want. you might need some evidence to back that up, but yeah. or like well, if you pick let like me do Cody this. Ware, <laughs> that's kind of cheap, <laughs> right? Know? Right. I was going to say, um, no, I mean, I think I'll go with uh, somebody that's had a lot of bad luck lately. Normally does well on road courses. I think has a few wins recently, but I'll go with Martin Truex. Oh, oh, he was off. He was off at uh, Charlotte this weekend, like surprisingly. Yeah, he had that big crash at Coda. You know. Yeah. yeah. And Danny, he picked. Who did Danny pick for this suck pick? He uh, he picked Bubba. Okay, yeah. So we're in the same boat. And the chat, I see a lot of Logano Stenhouses. Stenhouse is the same person. Oh, yeah, oh okay. Justin, stop spamming. Stop it. <laughs> I saw a lot that of slow chat on. Well. Yeah, here we go. Now the chat's picking up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Urban said. Both oh, the chat's like a good like twenty seconds behind. I think they're still talking about your pick. Are <laughs> they? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe now, I'm behind. now I, I think they've caught up. I think they caught up now because now I'm seeing Bubba, Eric, Stenhouse. Yeah, yeah, they've caught up. They've caught up. Uh, it maybe is Bubba. That's probably yeah. Who I just, it's Bubba. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Bubba. Bubba. Oh, I see him. Uh, just put him in there. Oh man. Not, we should get. We should. I, I would honestly love to like get Bubba on before a road course. Be like, talk What's about your mentality going <laughs> like, into the week? Just don't wreck. Basically, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that answer. Oh man. So now underdogs, Eric or no, not Eric. Excuse me, Jarrett. Jarrett. Um, who um who is your underdog pick for Sonoma? All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, this guy he's pretty good at the road courses, especially Sonoma. Uh, ran relatively well there when they last ran. Uh, Grant different package, but I still think be pretty good. Um, I'm gonna go, even though I've kind of ragged on him a bit in a, another podcast earlier this week. Uh, I'm gonna go with Matt DiBenedetto. Mm -hmm. 
I think I think Matty D is a dark horse to get a top ten this week. He was P four there in twenty nineteen in that ninety five. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. That was in the ninety five. Awesome. Yeah, that was an 2019, awesome run. 95. That was an awesome run there. My underdog, I'll go with Michael McDowell. Obviously, you know, obvious road course from uh, Ringer here already has the Daytona five hundred win, but you know, I I usually expect him to get a top ten, so I'm assuming he'll come through. So Michael McDowell. Again, y'all picked my two dark horses. So I'll try to go with another outside the box. But I wanted to say also on Matt Benedetto, you know, he was great in 2019 at road course. I think he had three races where he finished in the top 11 in Levine equipment. Like that, whoa, we came out of, like, this guy's a great road racer. He has not finished in the top 10 at a road course since joining <laughs> Wood Brothers. So I, 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 what I'm thinking is this is my last week. If he sucks this weekend, he's officially off my good but, road course racer list. <laughs> like, but, still there for now, but uh. He hasn't what? run at Sonoma since joining that team. Oh, maybe is he from California? Isn't is this kind of like a home race for him? I think he's from California. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll go with someone. I don't know if I'm going to count this as a dark horse because y'all took my actual dark horse pick and he's not my win pick. So I'll, I'll throw him in here. Kevin Harvick. Mm-hmm. He won mm-hmm. at Sonoma in 2017. And I was looking up stats before this. He hasn't finished outside the top six at Sonoma since I think 2014. So one of his best tracks statistically driver's track. So he's not going to be hindered by mediocre SHR cars. Look for Harvick to maybe contend for the win. I remember when he ran a freaking Canaan West race there a few years ago. I'm like, what are you doing here? It was with the carousel. He had to learn the I know, carousel. I know. Again. I was like, oh my gosh, these poor kids. Jake. Yeah, I think uh, I have to go with my heart a little bit on this one, but he did really well in a KN West race there a few years ago and basically got the win stolen from him. But go with my homeboy from New England, Ryan Priest, to like uh, be the dark horse to win. I like that. Nice. I think the chat was leaning McDowell. Yeah, yeah. I saw McDowell the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, there's a there's a point that I'm watching this right now because I keep track of all the picks. I'm not going to bring it up till after the win picks because it might be one of the funniest damn things. Okay. I think we've ever had. So stay tuned go. for a joke, yeah, everybody. Stay tuned for the joke. <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Build up. Stay tuned for the punchline. And uh, did, Danny- you say, did you say? Yeah, did you say Danny's pick. Yeah. What was Danny's pick? McDowell. Oh, okay. 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 All right. All right, so Darian. so now who is going to win? Who's going to win at Sonoma this weekend in the Cup Series, Jarrett? Who's your pick? I'm going to go off the uh, script a little bit here. I'm not going to pick Chase Elliott this week. Whoa. Uh, is that allowed? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, man, yeah. Um, <laughs> Elliott, <laughs> Elliott is – Granted, he's a different Elliot than 2019 Chase Elliott, but he still relatively did not do as well performing throughout any of the races he run at Sonoma, no matter the layout, uh, compared to Watkins Glen and the Daytona Road Course and really any other road course he's run. I am actually going to go with the last guy to win on this track i'm going martin shrix jr this week i think he's severely overlooked even with the struggles he's had and that's why i kind of like sat there and kind of smiled jake when when you picked him to suck well we'll see what happens (laughs) so i'm I'm going with him this is tough i mean in my mind you have um chase elliott uh truex the two obvious picks i feel like you know kfb logano uh denny hamlin Kyle Larson to an extent too. Those are also ringing in my head too. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know what? He's already over 300 points to the good. This has to be the week, right? Denny Hamlin gets his first win of 2021. Wait, wait, wait. You're picking Denny Hamlin at Sonoma? Yeah. This has to be the week, right? <laughs> it has he to is, be the week. He is last in points for this, you know. 
Okay. Oh man! So hey, he was yeah, one turn it. away in 2016. Hey, yeah. and there's nobody in the field to intimidate him this hey, week. He like Tony a, Stewart, he he's ran all right there, but I feel like one Denny of these races he has to. <laughs> so Denny Hamlin, let's just let, oh. we're already last. We have nothing to lose, so we might as well just oh, go for it. <laughs> goodness. Well, so we picked people, different people for the Xfinity race at least because I, yeah, I'm going with Martin Truex as well. He's won. He didn't just win the most recent Sonoma race. He actually has won the last two Sonoma races, mm. if I'm not mistaken. He's won the uh, three, uh, two Sonoma two. races. Let's uh, make uh, it three. Uh, 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 no, I, I just I can't afford to lose points this week, to you, Jared. I mean, <laughs> you're already like thirty points ahead. Don't even talk Jared, about losing. Points. I'm, I said to Jared, I can't I can't pick someone different than him unless I really <laughs> you're believe. Second. As good as Chase Elliott is, I think Kyle Larson surprised people at Coda. I think he'll surprise people again this weekend. I just, I, I think Truex, I know he was off this weekend at Charlotte, but this is a different rules package. It's a driver's track and, you know, they are still the winningest team in NASCAR this year. I think Truex wins it again. Well, you've left the door wide open, so I think it would be stupid. Not to go with Chase Elliott for, for this one. So, Solid uh, contingency pick. <laughs> he picks it back up. He's so angry losing so many weeks here to Kyle Larson that I think Chase Elliott's going to take it home. And then Danny picked Chase Elliott as well. Uh, the the chat is is like there's a lot of MTJ, but a lot of them are also repeats. I see a and lot. I'm see, I've see seen a lot of Elliot's. I see I'm seeing Harvick. I see T Pain, of course. You can't go wrong. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. Todd Todd Blue. Um Mike Bliss. Mike I see Bliss. That. I, damn, that's a memory right there. I see a lot of uh I don't know, it's like Chase There's Byron's now, there's Harvick's, but a lot of the Harvick's are repeats too. Yeah. Oh now I'm seeing okay, so I think now they're caught up now. Because now I'm seeing a bunch of picks. I'm seeing a lot of chases. Now I'm seeing a lot of Elliots. Yeah, I think the Elliots are oh, kind of dominating. I, I, yeah, yeah. starting to. Okay. All right, I can give the punchline to the joke now. Darian, you almost ruined it b- before. <laughs> I did. Um, so you're not part of it. But the funny thing is, because we're giving the we're giving Elliot to the chat. Hmm. But for the Xfinity. Cup suck and cup dark horse. The chat, Danny and Darian all had the same picks, and then Danny and the chat picked everyone the same. <laughs> so the chat will stay ahead of of uh, of Danny this week. Yeah, so isn't, this may not be the best strategy play. So then I can jump. I can jump over both of them in one race weekend. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Awesome. Um, we only uh, pick three people in total. Thanks for playing along, chat. Yeah. Thank you guys so it. much. Oh, man. But now let's read these final Super Chats before we close out tonight's edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Corvette GS underscore 84 with the $5 Super Chat. Arca Main Series only has 16 cars for Friday's race at Mid-Ohio, while Arca West has 22 at Sonoma. Very sad regionals series has more than the main series yeah i I mean aren't they all kind of like the same thing anyways now like arca sometimes sometimes they blend together sometimes they're race arca schedule that are technically also on the arca east schedule yeah yeah Yeah, super sad when you look uh you look back at like the winston west that would have like 50 cars or something show up i I miss that that. yeah i have an old program of that too yeah those were that was a different era for sure you see the same thing up here too in in the northeast they used to have the the bush east or bush Mm -hmm. north and there would be, you know, too many cars that like Loudon to uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway to, to race. And now there's, you know, 10 to 15 ARCA cars. It's yeah, just sad. a shame. Yeah, sad, man. Alexander with the five bucks. That Indy 500 finish made me want to do my best. Gary, uh, ne- wait, N- Neville? 
Neville or Neville impression. Uh, look up Gary Neville, unbelievable on YouTube. I'll look that up afterwards. Uh, Ryan with the two bucks. Uh, spin the UFO, please. Another UFO request. And Daytona 500 champ 15, once again, coming in clutch with the $100 super chat. Thank you so much, man. Thought I would just leave this here. Thank you so much. You are awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, Preston Frills, thank you so much for the for, uh, for the $5 super chat. I've ever been, or no, excuse me. I've never been more excited for a cup guy to run a truck race until I heard Willie B is going to, to run a truck basically built by Hendrick Motorsports. That's right, Hendrick. They have not been in the, uh, when was the last time, were they ever, oh no, no, yeah, they were in the truck series in its um, inaugural season, I remember, Terry LeBron. And they, they, they were affiliated with uh, JRM when they yeah. had Cole Custer And also there. with Kyle Busch back in the in the early 2000s with, um, who was, uh, what was his name, Billy, um, Billy something, I can't remember his full name, but that 15 truck was Billy always, Talent. Yeah, or, yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, he was always, um, that 15 Completely truck. Completely missed the reference. Wait, what was the reference? I don't get these references, you guys. I'll get, tell you. Okay, yeah, I don't get the Star Wars reference. Isn't that like a singer? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, Crooked that 15 minds. truck, yeah, that was affiliated with Hendrick back in the day, I think. Sports Fanatic, thank you so much for the $3 super chat. First time watching. Good show so far. Go Jimmy. Thank you, man. Keegan with the $10 <laughs> super chat. Is there any way for me to touch base for the NASCAR trivia game live stream idea? Because I don't know many guys, uh, or uh, excuse me, I don't know many of you guys in the in the NASCAR YouTube community personally. Yeah. Uh, a NASCAR trivia game? Eh, yeah, you never know. NASCAR we'll see. trivia we'll see. stream? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We've done those before. I know at least three of us did a yeah, long time ago. a long time ago. Those were like the freaking Kahoot days. Oh, bye, Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. I'm just Goodbye. getting... Knock, knock. I made it home yeah. in time. I'm just getting through reading these super hey, chats. Re- real quick, I don't know if you, you heard or not, but I was... Uh, you know, I keep track of the picks each week. You and the chat picked identically. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> so They read your notes. That's a, that's a pretty... That lineup I have is a pretty solid lineup, I think. Yeah. And so. and on on top of that, Darian almost did the same thing, but he picked Hamlin over mm-hmm. Elliot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hamlin, please come in clutch this week. I know Sonoma, but make something happen. And you're asking all season. I ain't got to win. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Groovy Goose, thank you so much for the $2 super chat. This is Marcus's world. Uh, we're just camping in it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Craig, like Craig Bush with the two bucks. Harvick sucks <laughs> so much. It complains too much. <laughs> oh, no. And then Zachary Zachary with the five bucks. Chances of Hendrick going back to back in championships this year? Yeah, there's a high chance. But, oh, my gosh, the Harvick hate just continues. Ryan with another $10 super chat. Earlier KB comment uh, commented, um, or, uh, excuse me, earlier KB comment was in regards to the top five this past weekend. All HMS plus the only driver to have won for HMS in the field. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean there. Um, see you guys in Nashville? Yes, you will see you at the NASCAR mm-hmm. Weekly Podcast in Nashville. Yes. Only three more Super Chats, I promise. Kalito with the two-hour Super Chat. Spin the UFO! Spin the famous UFO, Jarrett. Uh, KFB is my pick for Sonoma. Ran well there. Yep. Uh, and then Irvin. Irvin Dominguez with the $10 Super Chat. NASCAR 2005. Uh, CFTC predicted that Kurt would uh, own a 4GT. But it's the V6 Turbo version. Ah, interesting. A shame that it doesn't have a um, 10,000 mile per hour, um, 10,000 um, RPM engine. Um, either, or excuse me, sorry, freaking headphones just died, I think. Um, either NASCAR 2005 <laughs> is lying to me or I'm stupid. And the final super chat, 
Groovy Goose with the two bucks. Jarrett is LW right confirmed. Spin the UFO. I'm pretty sure there's more that just rolled in, but uh, yeah, oh, there have, are. Okay. We do have uh, two more. Let me um, refresh it. I don't have the chat up. Okay, well, I see one, the final two. Yeah, there you go. I see the final two here. So Tyler Tinsley with the five bucks. Will there be SRX picks next week for Stafford? Will there be? We'll do it for the first race, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we can do it for the first. It's race. on my yeah. channel. I'll decide what we do. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> do, we, we'll see. do we add it in with the points? That's, that's no, no. Nah, I think this is nah, an exhibition. Let's do it for fun. Okay, okay. And the final super chat of the night from Big Blue Attack with the ten dollars. Hey GP, what's your favorite um, RF2 mod? And also, oh, wait, hold on. I don't have the whole thing up. Sorry about that. And also, um, have you tried? the gt1 2010 mod for rf2 Jeez, well good news for all you all with r factor 2 if you don't know that's like the best physics mm -hmm. sim out there and that's what the next nascar game is supposedly going to be built on so mm -hmm. that's that's gonna be fun to watch um i just did a video yesterday actually on an r factor 2 mod that lets you basically customize build your own uh 70s formula one car so i think that would be my favorite right now and i have not tried the gt1 2010 mod but i'll check it out sweet That's awesome. deal sweet deal my freaking headphones just died at the very end of the show so i have to get out new ones so it doesn't echo but really appreciate the super chats everybody and um yeah that'll do well, it for an, an, oh go ahead well yeah just, I'm, I'm looking and uh we got a few things that, that to put on here uh the big one we can't say yet though yeah yeah, yeah. i was just about to say this has been another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. But before we head out, though, next week we will be on Eric Estep's channel beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I can't say the guess yet, can I? Not yet. Uh, but do we have that confirmed we... or are we, like, pretty sure? Yeah. We're, we're, we're still, like, teetering, but... Uh, All right, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if he ends up coming on, I think that people are going to be pretty happy uh, and are going to ask a lot of questions. Cannot wait for that. So, yeah, but so suspenseful. We do have one guest confirmed, uh, at least for part of the show coming on next week. Uh, it's a friend of mine uh, that works in the media for NASCAR uh, over in California. Uh, sports reporter Kyle Foster is coming on. He knows his stuff and is really, really good. He's going to be in Sonoma, so he's going to be telling us about basically like the, the atmosphere of what it's like in the garage, getting media access, all that stuff. Good to uh, get some, some eyes on the ground out there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, also remember that the week after that, June 16th, we're having our 150th episode. And Danny, what's, what's going to be special about that one? The, what's going to be so special about that is that, um, so these guys told me last second, like, hey, Danny, we're all driving to your place. So we need you to just do the show on your own. So that's just going to be a, a two hours. And I'm going to be talking. No, just kidding. We're all gathering around here at my place. All four of us for the very first time will be together for the NASCAR Weekly Podcast in person. Yes. That it had me excited for an all Danny stream for a minute. Yes. I'm kind of <laughs> waiting to be a part of it now. I'm, I'm, I'm going fishing for this one. So I have to do it all by myself in two weeks. But man, 150 <laughs> episodes. We've been doing the podcast for that long. Holy wow. crap. Man, it's been nice. a minute. But yeah. So appreciate you guys tuning in to tonight's edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much to JP Laps, a.k.a. Jake, for appearing tonight. Um, so G GP. All right. Did I say JP? 
You said it was a NASCAR store in Tennessee, Darian. I always, I, I knew I was going to make that mistake. I was calling you JP earlier in my head, but then I was like, no, 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 GP, GP. And I saved shame. it for the end, of course. Yeah, shame on me. But anyways, GP Laps, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, where can people find you on social media besides YouTube? Yeah, just look for GP Laps on, on YouTube and then also on Twitter. It's where I'm hanging out these days. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Of course. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Great, Full uh, two hours. Indy car with you and uh, yeah, all that. So, Jarrett. The, uh, the Dale call. Fire away. <laughs> I just, I just, it just gets rougher and rougher. It's just, time. it's just silence. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>